when you're falling to your death, timing is it everything. It is timing is everything. Yeah, yeah. Like comedy yeah. and falling to your death, timing is everything. <laughs> the two things. Yeah. The only two things where timing matters. Oh, when ha- trying to have a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's also about timing. Make sure you have it uh, before menopause. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And you know what? Let's go with Ian Boothby. <laughs> okay. You're going to... Keep up with that facade, are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, why not? You know what? This witness protection program ain't going to witness protection itself if I don't keep saying that, No, that's right? true. Like, yeah. if people knew that my name was Doug Trombwell, Uh-oh. Yep. you know, I'd be in a whole mess of trouble. Yep, truly, and you did say... Because you know what? Yeah. The FLQ doesn't mess around. <laughs> they are très dangereux. They très dangereux, that's what they're known as, yes. Right. Très dangereux. Yeah, I said, uh, I think Poutine, eh. And uh, they went tabernacle, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, you yeah. know, I had to go the other side of the country mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, set up an identity. Sure. And they said, do the most English thing you can. I went, okay, I'll make a podcast. And uh, you can't even tell that I've got my French accent in No, it's quite, you, you've yeah. disguised it very well. And, and you know how I feel about it? Sure. Come see, come saw. Mm. God damn it. I mean, so-so. <laughs> oh. Character slipping a little bit. You did mention your name. Oh, what was that? There. But don't worry, I'll, I'll bleep it out. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, don't uh, don't let me ever say that I'm Doug Trombone. <laughs> trombone? Yeah, Doug Trombone. <laughs> that was a trombone that came to life. <laughs> and boy, was I horny. No, that's nothing to applaud at. That was, because I had that a was... tromboner. <laughs> that deserves a... Oh, well, back into the witness protection program for me. <laughs> it's too late. That crime is, will never be forgiven. Um, well, welcome to Sneaky Dragon, Doug. <laughs> you know what? Let's just go with my name. That's fine. <laughs> All well and good. So, uh, I said before that we started the show, Yeah, I mentioned that I'm really tired. And I don't know why, because I've actually not got up particularly early this week. I haven't gone to the gym at all this week, actually. I think it's tiring weather. Maybe that's what it is. I think it is. I think there's something about the weather that's just... The weather is telling us, yeah. lie down. Just <laughs> take, relax. Take it easy. Take it easy. What's with you? What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Stuff? Don't do stuff. Mm-hmm. Relax. No, you're that's right. That's what I think. You're right. Because uh, my wife is also in the same same boat. We're all, we're all just like super tired. Mm. You know, for not a lot of good reason. No, I mean, I, I do get up and go to work. I come home and then I do more work. So I can see why I'm tired, but I feel like I'm extraordinarily tired. Mm. And I'm not, like I say, I haven't gone to the gym this week. I just partly, oh, because on, uh, for whatever reason, did I go? No, I can't remember now. I had a sore knee mm-hmm. one day this week. I had a sore knee. And so I decided I shouldn't go to the gym and exacerbate it. Okay. That seems to be going around as well. I know quite a few people with sore knees oh, is that right? right now. Yeah. Hmm, maybe the maybe this heat is also causing. Could not be. that it's particularly hot out, but are you getting enough water? No, you're not. I think the so. answer is no. No, no. Well, probably not. Then probably not. Then. If that's, that's the issue, but that is the issue. I do drink probably a lot not. of water at work. Oh, good. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, glad I'm a real water guzzler. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. All right. I worry about you. I worry you don't uh, have enough water. I do worry about such things. I worry you don't get enough sleep. I worry you don't get enough water. Sleep. I worry you work too hard. Sleep. I worry is more you of the climb issue. too high. <laughs> sleep is more the issue. 
And then, yeah, so I decided not to go to the gym because I had a sore knee. And then I can't remember what made me not go the next day. Perhaps just idleness. Oh, no, it was the knee. Or maybe not. Anyway, no, I stayed up too late. Okay. And I decided I'm I'm not going to like get three, hour, three and a half hours sleep and go to work. That's no good. Okay, you went out partying. Uh, I went out to see um, the Black Phone. Oh, with, okay, with yeah, the, yeah. With the girls. All right. And then we went to the only place that was open in Chilliwack, which is Boston Pizza, which stays open quite late in Chilliwack, 10.30. <laughs> okay. And... So we were able to, so we went there and had some had some dinner after the movie. By the way, good movie. Oh, good, good. And I think I think that Scott Derrickson should be uh, the director. Yeah, the director. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think he, you know, I I know he made it like a a choice to leave Doctor Strange and do the Black Phone instead. Doctor Strange two. Mm-hmm. And I think if that was his call. I mean, it's a good movie. I think that if that's what he wants to do, that it was the right call for him. You think it was his call to do the black phone? That was his call? I heard, yeah, his call. Uh, yes, his calling. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, thank you for underlining uh, that. Yeah, uh, 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 all right. Okay, very witty. It's a nice tie into the sure. phone museum uh, thing we talked about Oh, yeah, about the that's other right. Day. Yeah, nice tie-in. Because uh, it, it was an old phone. It was an old rotary phone on the wall. By the way... Mm. could you okay like my theory as to and i'm lying because i actually know the plot of it but my theory (laughs) to what the the movie was about was of course it was a young person of today who uh it's a horror movie because he gets locked in a room with a landline that has no caller id okay he's got to make the choice to answer the phone or not not knowing who it is and again it's a landline which is terrifying to this uh this uh child that brings up an interesting thing about the film because in the movie I don't want to give it too much weight, but there is a phone. That's, yeah, the that's title. Black. The title tells you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, did I spoil the title? And in the movie, the phone rings, and he doesn't know who it is, and he goes and answers it. And I was like, With, "Oh, hoy, hoy!" And I was, <laughs> I was kind of dreading it. And I was, but I was just, I was, when you say that, I was thinking, "Oh, yeah," because at that time, though, we just answered the phone all the time. We never thought about, "Oh, I don't know who it is." You just picked up the phone and said, "Hello." Yeah. And he, you know, so. By the way, was so this is set in the past. It is. It is a, a period piece. Oh, okay, all right. It's somewhere in the late seventies, I guess. Okay, which I think is accurate. I don't. I don't. It's good for horror movies because then no one can like use their cell phones. That's it. It's good for that. It's also that time is really messy. Like everyone's messy looking, mm-hmm. and the world's messier. And it's every, brown. It's very brown. It's brownish, brown. and the cars are clunky and big. Everything's kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. And coats are clunky, big and clunky, and your shoes are clunky, big shoes. Everything, everything yep. seems like kind of Makes different. Sense. So I can see. I think it's a good, a good place to set, like something that you want to be kind of creepy, because it's already creepy. It's already weird to, even though we grew up then. Mm-hmm. It was a creepy time to look back at it. It wasn't a creepy time. I mean, yeah, it we, was. I don't remember feeling creepy or feeling creeped out by the time I lived. What, what, so what year does this take place in? I didn't really say a year. Doesn't like go, you know, okay. Because, like, I think late 70s, early 80s, there was like, you know, a serial killer that was grabbing kids, you know, in my neighborhood. So, you know, that sure, but that to me feels uh, like, uh, oh, yeah, I relate to uh, that idea that uh, that's yeah, yeah. going on. Sure, sure. Yeah, that I mean, obviously, yeah, it you can look back. I don't, but I don't really remember it affecting me that like it didn't change what i did i also again this was also a time when this and i this adds to the creepiness yeah is you know uh i just moved here and mount st helens exploded mm. and uh and the and the streets were covered in uh in ash 
So there was like, you know, a couple of days yeah. where everything was gray and there was ash falling from the sky, like Silent Hill style. Huh. And it was like, this is creepy. This is really creepy. It's a gray ash that's on the ground from the <laughs> volcano that exploded. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, and, and then there was always fog. There was deep, thick fog that you couldn't see, like, you know, 10 feet ahead of you. And I had to walk through to school in that looking for, you know, uh, looking for headlights to make sure was there's this, no... Was this fog caused by the volcanic ash? Well, no, no. This was just on the regular, like, whenever I was going to my okay. elementary school or, you know... You didn't have fog back, back east? No, not really. No, oh. not like that at all. Yeah. And it was thick, thick, thick fog. I guess... You know, when I first, and there's no yeah. fog like that now, but there was fog like that then. Different, different, uh, different environment then. Yeah, yeah. So I got all those elements. It depends where I you. Got fog, I got fog. I got, I got ash. I got a volcano, and I got a serial killer. So yeah, creepy time for me. <laughs> I would say yeah. It depends. Where, depends where you live too. Like where how fog co- comes in and stuff like yeah. Because it's uh, and it depends what kind of fog it is as well. But it's, so it's was, the late seventies. No, I wasn't. I was just thinking about the fact that he. But we already talked. We already said it. He answered the phone, and in the movie, it's. They make kind of a big deal about it, but I was thinking, like, what's the big deal? Yes, people people called all the time, and they answer the phone, and sometimes it would be a wrong number, and sometimes it would be someone that you wanted to talk to, and sometimes it was someone you didn't want to talk to. Yeah, you didn't 1978 know. is when it takes place. Uh, okay. Oh, Joe Hill wrote this. Yes, it's based on a short story. By I him. lost an award to him. I don't like him. He, <laughs> he, didn't, he wrote the uh, source material. The screenplay was by the director and uh, a co-writer. Okay. I, I did meet him, though, and he was nice. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, he really he is a, was a nice fellow. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we were both up for an award, and uh, and he won. Maybe he deserved it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't know. I don't he know. was uh, he was up for it for as a lock and key. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's but, a that's a that's okay. Here's the thing. First of all, it's a good comic. It's a worth it's worth a look. Yeah, it's a good graphic novel. It's yeah. a it's good. Uh, and then there was the TV show, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then there was like another season of it, and then it like just seemed to go. Like it just was. Whoosh, yeah, because it was went, no good. Whoosh, just went. Was it, but there's so many interesting. I never saw it, but Mary complained about so it. So many interesting elements to it. And then it was just like. Yeah. Mary, Mary just felt like it was too convenient, the key thing in the, in the TV show. It's kind of like, we need a key for this. Oh, here it is. They broke it up better in the in the graphic novel, mm-hmm. but it was almost like too many keys too fast, and it was like <laughs> you were Superman, and we got to super ventriloquism, you know, <laughs> right so away. fast, and it was just like okay, <laughs> fair enough, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I feel this this book has a touch of a touch of dad in it, and this the story like the black phone has a touch of his dad in it. Oh, okay, I see. I thought even just a touch of like a lot of dad jokes, and like you pick up the black phone and yeah. you know, just be dad jokes on sure, it, like ugh. Sure. I have to hang up the phone. <laughs> Gotta got go now, Dad. Uh, no. That is a horror movie. <laughs> it could kind I'll of... put your mother on, and then put, Mom gets on, and Mom goes on for a Oh, my time. gosh. My dad will talk to me for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds before, before I have to, have to talk to my mom. Maybe that's the challenge. It's like you've got to get your, da- your mm. dad's help yeah. to get you out of the uh, whatever room that you're trapped in. Yeah. But one thing, you've got to hear one of his jokes first. And then you've got to get him to help you before he puts your mom on. And he's always going to put your mom on. My dad wasn't really a dad joker. Okay. He didn't really crack any jokes like that. Mine neither. Yeah. This whole thing about dad jokes, it seems to me it's like a more modern thing. I think it uh, came in about the same time that dad started calling their son's buddy. 
Because hmm. no one called their kid Buddy when no. I was, unless their name was Buddy. Unless their name was Buddy. Uh, but like uh, we weren't friends. Somehow, somehow, my generation, every dad is like, "Hey, Buddy," you know, to our <laughs> to to their son. I'm like, hmm. I don't know what they call their daughters, but they definitely call their sons Buddy, Sweetie. Hey, Sweetie. Hey, Buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I wasn't. I was. Yeah, like I say, I was not friends with my dad. Yeah, so. when you were like David, just like call you your name. Yeah, and call it's time David. to come in. Yeah. If they use both my my first and middle name, then I knew I was in more trouble than I normally was. <laughs> yeah. If it was my full name, well, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Nuclear annihilation is coming. Full on paint stick. <laughs> Ew, don't like hearing there's a pain stick. That's no good. Paint. Oh, paint. A paint stick. Like this is a oh, stirring stick. That's even Which worse. in terms of like in terms of like spanking material is pretty weak. Like it's not really that, you know. Like when you hear about people like the dad had okay, like but a once we get length into, of wood once we get or a bat into, or whatever. Just, yeah, but once we get into spanking material, yeah. then we are already into, you know, we're, we're into the hot zone anyway, so forget <laughs> it. Zone. You know, materials. <laughs> you know, now that we're using devices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Unless it's a fetish situation, in which case, you know, hey, have at it, but not no, the I'd, family way. I'd rather get spanked than tickled. Well, that's That opens a whole can of worms. <laughs> And maybe opening a can of worms is also your thing. I don't know. Okay, back to the movie. So, movie worth worth a see? Yes, I thought it was very good. Good. I really enjoyed it. Ethan so. Hawke's a good actor. He's a very good actor. And it's funny, uh, This Scott Derrickson directed Sinister, which I believe that Ethan Hawke is also in. Okay. But I confuse, he's also, I think, in Insidious as well. Hmm. And I get them mixed up. I think Sinister is the one where he's like a writer who moves into a house in order to write about a, a murder that occurred at the house. And then he ends up discovering uh, a lot of stuff that he shouldn't. And okay. it gets a, gets a target on his back and things, and things go wrong from there. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking up to see okay. which ones he was in. And then insidious, mm-hmm. I think in that film, there's like a, a demonic creature who is possessing the children, I think, or something like that. And then there's like a sinister he's in. Yeah. 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 Which is directed by Scott Derrickson. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, oh my gosh, he's, he's he's in a lot of movies, man. Like, <laughs> he's in too many movies to talk about, like too many. Like every year, he's in like four movies. He's a working actor, and it's yeah. it's funny. Like he breaks it up. He'll do some movies that are, you know, you'd consider like kind of arty or kind of you know more. Yeah. Just, and then, but then he's also in Sinister and The Black Phone, and he seems to enjoy those well. And a part of what he enjoys about them is that they can't afford to pay him his his salary, and so he gets points. Mm. And if the film does well, then he's very happy. You know, so sinister, and, and I think he's also in Insidious. I think those movies. Yeah, but he's really coasting on those uh, boyhood bucks. Boyhood, sweet, yeah, those before. Sweet, it's a before trilogy. Bucks. That's what really is really. And who can't resist watching before sunrise, before sunset, before whatever else happens? Mm-hmm. Um, I only saw the first one. I, I missed the other two. You've seen them, then that's fine. You I don't know. It feels like there'd be some development there. There is. There's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's kind of a neat They're idea. All good. It's They're funny. All good. It's funny. Both movies. One movie. Is they could have called one boyhood and then those movies adulthood mm. because they really are is more about growing up in a way like those three films because they do age over time which is is I guess it feels less stunt stunting stunt not stunting stunt like stuntish less like a stunt than boyhood you know the fact that there's the Stunt-esque. three there's the three before movies and it features him and Julie Delpy mm-hmm. and they age over time and their characters. <laughs> You know, 
Yeah, this what is it? It's uh, before sunrise. Before sunrise. Before sunset. Okay. Before I don't remember, but these also did. Oh, and he also did the movie before the devil knows you're dead, which I don't think is part of the. Trilogy. No, I don't think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a quadrology or, yeah. or a tetralogy. Well, that would be nice to just slip that one in there and just like, eh, oh, technically, <laughs> yeah, before midnight was the last one. Before midnight, okay. Yeah. I think that was the sum. They summed it up before midnight. Yeah. But I do like that it was before the devil knows you're dead, just to just to I, mess it up, mess mess the whole thing up. There. I should watch those, just out of curiosity. Does that, got, I saw the first they're one. They're technically and they're I, technically fine. I, I I just feel like I would like to like insert myself into them as a guy who's just like off to the side listening to this and just rolling his eyes every so often. <laughs> but that's the magic of those films is that yeah. that the first one anyway is that. You know that they are kind of up their own asses, but it's it's kind of fun at the same time. I mean, that's that's kind of almost all of slacker as well. as a lot of people who oh, are just like it's a hundred percent what slacker complete is. egomaniac, obsessive, paranoid. Oh, it's what every Kevin Smith early thing is before he gets like you yeah. Know, well, he was uh-huh. a he was a huge Richard Linklater fan. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But like when yeah. it, when I when I see that one scene from Chasing Amy where like it like when I was younger. Uh, I thought uh, life was so logical. No, when I was younger, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a scene in there where they uh, have a fight, like yes. uh, an argument, and uh, and and Ben Affleck does a long, I go monologue, even though there's another person in the scene, mm-hmm. uh, but I I call it a monologue, sure, sure. and it's just like just this long thing about everything about the relationship and who he is and who they are yeah. and what they are. And it's just like, uh, like I put it into that same category <laughs> as Slacker and Before Sunrise and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, this is what you as the writer mm-hmm. want to say, but it's not what people would say. But it is what a writer whose writing would want to have a pretty person say. Yeah. And it's fine. It, there's nothing technically wrong with it. But, you know, at the time when I was young, I was like, yeah. But I also <laughs> felt that same way about like before sunrise. Yeah. And looking back on it now, just like, ooh, boy. This. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we should regret our, our decisions no, no. of our youth. But it's all right. Weird. It's just like, you know, with some perspective and with, with some time, you look back on things. And, you know, the things that, you know, are considered zingers or great points you know, you go like, yeah, but also reality, and th- and they throw that onto it, and it uh, doesn't quite work. I it's think, also like er- almost every mini comic that's autobiographical, and at the time was like, yeah, that's right, and then like now, ooh, boy, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. I I do think uh, Linklater is a better writer than Smith, um, personally, but sure. But uh, I think I'll give I'll give I'll give Smith, uh, you know, trying shit like trying crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. points points for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> see what he does with uh, Clerks Three. It'll do fine. Sure. It'll be fine. Sure. It's a good. It's a good premise for it. Um, are two characters going to be fighting in front of a door as part of the movie? Oh, as in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi? Yeah, I feel like those movies should like follow the Star Wars trilogy. Okay, so what? Okay, what's Star Warsy about the first one? They mentioned Star Wars. They talk about the, uh, the Death Star. Death Star, yeah. Okay. So that so should be established the, in the second one. There should be more of a Star Wars reference. I mean, it doesn't happen, but I just think that's that would sh- that's the way it should have gone. Okay. Well, the second one is darker. Uh, I would say, like content wise. So you know, yeah, well, and more budget. There's so more budget, yes. more budget, and then just the fact that yes, the characters have not progressed in their lives and are kind of stuck. And then the th- and the third one, one of the characters basically does the movie Kevin Smith did uh, of Clerks. Oh, really? He makes a movie? That's the idea. Yeah, 
It's like they, they realize they haven't moved forward in their life. And they're okay. like, I got to do something. And so they make a movie. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting part. It's like, all right, yeah. let's see what you, do, what, you, what you do with that. I'm interested. Hopefully they don't make uh, yoga. Yoga hosers? Yoga hosers. <laughs> Apparently Tusk did uh, quite well. Yeah. For, for well, because it's got no budget, so it really can only go up. And it showed him that he could raise money. Mm. And so, like, you know, should he need to, he can raise money for the movies that he needs to raise money for. Yeah. So yeah. when you have that freedom, you know, okay, I don't have to really beg for money. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Have at it. I mean, so much of doing anything, uh, you know, uh, with film or television is, or, or, or plays is begging for money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good, good on him. It's interesting that, thinking of Black Phone, going back to Black Phone, it's interesting that Derrickson left Doctor Strange too, which I, I imagine had a huge budget. And in a way, an unlimited budget. Like you could, you could take the time, not as much time as you wanted, but you could take some time to create stuff. Like, yeah. like I'm not a big fan of Doctor Strange, the first film, but I am a huge fan of the 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 effects in that film. I love the way the city folds in, and mm-hmm. I love. I just think they those kind of interesting optical illusions in in the film are really fun, and you know. But. Uh, so I think that's, you know, obviously that's what you can do with a huge budget. But it's interesting that he left that comfortable situation to go to Blumhouse, back to Blumhouse, yeah. to do the Black Phone. Well, he had a... Which is a n- notoriously cheap company sure, that even sure. when it could put more money into the things that it produces, it doesn't. Because that's not their model. No, no, it's stripped down. And it makes yeah. sense to me. Like, if you're a filmmaker... Uh, sorry for squeaky table. I will fix this one day, <laughs> folks. We don't have candy this week, though, so uh, there won't be any of that... <laughs> stuff apologies thank goodness but like if you're a filmmaker uh and you know you get the opportunity to tell a full story the way you want to tell it which i'm sure he was able to do with uh the black phone yes you know it's got its premise it's got its execution it's mm-hmm. got its twists yeah and it del- and i'm ass- i'm assuming because you're saying it's a good film it delivers on them mm-hmm. boom 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 whereas you know you have the marvel film and you know at, at least from this from the sam raimi perspective you know, they had to finish a story that wasn't finished already. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they started filming, which they often do without a full script. That happens. That happens. But, but, but yeah. without a full plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, you know, if you're a filmmaker, does that sound fun? Like with, <laughs> you know, studio notes, you know, uh, com- a, coming a plenty, out of your ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh boy. And now also you got to set up whatever the next thing is. Yeah. Or just go over here and just shoot a movie. You <laughs> and know? maybe that's it. Yeah. And maybe you get points. Yeah. Maybe you get points. And you know, it's a horror movie, so it's gonna make mo- it's gonna make money forever. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. I can see why that would be more appealing than Yeah. And this. if you're lucky it'll plug into that teenage demographic that, you know, wants to see something more than once and kind of creates a its own kind of little culture around it, you know. Yeah, and maybe there'll be the black phone too, and the black phone too, and you'll get a little piece of that action. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, it's probable. If it is well enough, I guess. Well, and I went and saw, I mean, I went and saw it on a cheap night at the Cottonwood, which is $3. Oh, great. A, a ticket. So that's... That's, that's a, fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good... It's a good deal. It's $9 for the three that's of That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Because the girls and I went... Lisa wasn't interested because it was a horror movie, but it wasn't really a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... It's not a horror movie. It's more of a, I don't know what you would call it. A, yeah, and you don't want to say what it's really about. Yeah, I don't want to say what it's really about. But, but it's, it's got something to it. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's not a rom-com. 
Definitely not a rom-com. It's not a slice of life movie unless someone gets the life sliced out of them, which possibly they do. <laughs> it's a Ooh, slice that would actually of your be life. a good name for a horror movie. Mm. Slice of life. Mm. Mm. That's a good name. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's write that down. <laughs> right now, right now. Uh, yeah, it's yes, it's not it's not quite a horror film. It does have like horror elements to it, but I don't it's not pre- presented in like a you know, creeping, suspenseful way with a lot of atmosphere and stuff like that. It's not really what it's going no. for. Uh, but yeah, but Ethan Hawke is uh, very good in it, uh, as well as the kid actors. The the lead boy and his sister are r- really, really good Excellent. Actors. That's what you need, yeah. Unfortunately, there's another kid in it who is not a good actor, and I think he was hired more for his skill set that he needed, they needed for his character rather okay. than his acting ability. Which is a non-existent, <laughs> but uh, that's fine. He's not like he doesn't get a huge, huge whack of scream time, but uh, it's enough to make you. Uh, if you're doing, a, yeah, oof, if you're doing a scary oof. movie, you need a Haley Joel Osmond. Mm-hmm. You need someone who's like a good kid actor, a good emoter got, who can yeah. who can be convincingly sad. Yeah, the kid in The Shining scared. is also good. He's got a good like when you see him scared of stuff, mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, yeah, he's a uh, that kid's freaked out. He's a he is a. Um, Spectator at the baseball game in uh, Doctor Sleep. The who is kid, uh, the actor who played Danny in The Shining? Oh, is he? Yes, he's no longer an actor, but he was invited to come to be a part of the movie. And nice. He, he came as an extra for the baseball scene. Oh, ah. yeah. Did they drag him to the Overlook Hotel and go like, "Look, remember?" <laughs> they did not drag remember? him. They did not drag him to the Overlook. Hey, Hotel. meet the meet the scary lady again. Mm-hmm. You know, was this a problem when you were a kid? Hey, did you see the movie when you were a little kid? Because you probably did. Let's come on. Probably didn't even see that. Yeah, well, he eventually saw it. I mean, yeah, we might have seen it in the in the, the movie, but it probably wasn't on the same stage as the as the lady because they're separate shots. I would love to see how they did the elevator scene with the blood. Yeah, one time. Oh, so just like <laughs> you, fill, you fill an elevator with blood, and then you go. It comes from the side. Yeah, so it's obviously like a big vat. Is it a miniature? Do you think, or do you think uh, they had a? I don't a think full it, size. It set. doesn't look like a miniature to me. Like, it's good blood. It's good blood, and it doesn't look like miniature. It's yeah, it doesn't have the, the water's same waves. bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the water's bigger when it's like miniature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not it that way. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, I just wonder. Like they built just that set just for for mm-hmm. the elevator. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, wonder. Because it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we built the hotel for the or the, in, the interiors anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's a separate thing. That's like a water tank behind yeah, something yeah, yeah. that you then have to make something that looks like realistic blood, mm-hmm. like a whole pool full of realistic blood. Yeah. Good luck. I yeah, mean, and you're right. It's a one taker. Yeah, yeah. You're not doing it again. <laughs> you're not doing it again. How they do it? How they clean it up? I've never seen pictures of it. That'd be no, I haven't. It's not covered. There is a there is a documentary that was filmed by Vivian yeah, Kubrick sure. during the making of. I've the, seen a lot of behind the scenes pictures of The Shining, but mm-hmm. never the, never a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's quite there's some interesting interesting things in the documentary that so, so very so, fly on the wall. Yeah. So Lisa, uh, oh, are we talking about that that podcast again? Uh, <laughs> is, is, uh, so is Lisa going to see Nope? She is going to see Nope. Okay. Although. Although it's a horror film, mm-hmm. I assume it's a horror film because it's a Jordan Peele joint. Um, it's it's also a well, it's what I'm, I'm calling a horror film. Oh, nice! So it has horses in it, yeah, which trumps any kind of scariness. So we're going to try and see it. Here's this my suggestion because again, you know, it's it's a time when you know uh, masks aren't the worst idea. Is uh, get one of those rubber horse masks and watch the movie like as horses. <laughs> Because I think it would be great. Well, it would be great to like be wearing mm-hmm. those masks, yeah. 
watching the movie, yeah. and people are like, uh, like they have to go use the bathroom, and then they come back up, and they're just passing by. What the fuck? Like, just see <laughs> a couple of horses sitting, yeah, sitting and like just cocking their heads watching it. And there'll be some people in the back going like, are those horses down, yeah. down yeah. there? Because it looks like horses. Or some <laughs> people will turn their heads and see the horses. Yeah. Be fun. I can get you one. Are they are they are they comfortable to wear? Well, what's comfortable? Like for <laughs> long know. periods of Sit, time? Sitting sitting in a movie theater. Have you not movie? worn a rubber mask before? No, like I have not. I don't think so anyway. Huh. Oh, so you weren't part of okay. Uh we we did a thing once. Uh, I was not part of that. You were not part of the trivia thing where we all were No, were I cat, wasn't I wasn't in that cat game. Cat masks. Okay. I wasn't in that game. All right, I've worn many a mask. Uh, listen, I can I can hook you up at the end of this, uh, and we'll, <laughs> you fine. can try it. You can try it out, see how you feel. No, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, I don't, it's a good idea. But I don't know if I want to. It's wanna. an excellent idea. It's an excellent idea. It's an excellent idea. But it's one of those things. It's kind of like today. My manager at work was kind of on edge, and I asked someone else. I said, "Would it be a good idea if if every time he." Um, Came back down. I pretended like he was leaving for the day, and he was just returning again. <laughs> I kept saying, "Like oh, I thought you were gone. I thought you were going." Yeah, he said, "It's a great idea. Well, I wouldn't do it though." Yeah, here's what <laughs> here's what I find works if your boss yeah. is like in a bit of a bad mood. Yeah, is like every time they walk by, just say to them, "What's your fucking problem?" Mm-hmm. Just say that. Yeah, just like go. Yeah, what's your fucking problem? Yeah, yeah, and they go, "I'm just kidding with you." <laughs> and then like uh, just and just say that over and over again every time sure. they walk by. Hey, what's your it's sure problem? to it's sure to make them happy. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm, I'm messing around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next time. Yeah, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. Maybe. No, seriously. What's your maybe fucking not. problem? Maybe. Maybe I. Because you're starting that. to piss me off. Oh, I'm boy. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Making me nervous. <laughs> and that just gets Ooh. more intense every time. Ooh. Listen, whatever I say after I this is a goddamn I lie. I don't do well with aggression. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be interesting if you had someone who did say like, you know, I love confrontation. Boy, I love it. It's great. Most people, uh, I think most people. I, well, I don't think most. I think there are people who would think that way. People do, yeah. There are some people that just are looking for a fight, just to yeah. break out of the uh, well, mundane. They want to argue, or they want to whatever get yeah. a literal fight. And uh, you know, like that's what podcasts are about. Is that right? Yeah, They're... I think sometimes it's people who want to just pick a fight on the uh, about something, and so a podcast is a good way of going about that. And probably I'm bad at that because I don't. Uh, we don't fight that much. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> we could sure. have nice heated things about like, no, I'll we, tell you something. We, we have, we about, have had this. All we have time. had discussions. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, I think hopefully respectful, uh, but like, you know, don't have uh, uh, big old blowouts about. Uh, uh, I was respectful. Oh, I'll say that. Huh? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> this is from a guy who liked the Dr. Strange movie. That's right. Two. Dr. Strange too. Two. Yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy the first one. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine you didn't. That's okay. It was, you know, it was... I mean, listen, I know there's people that say uh, Marvel movies are all the same. I got to go, like, visually it wasn't, but uh, it sure was, like, uh, an Iron Man plot. Mm. You know? Sure. Snooty Von Snootington, you know, gets his comeuppance and learns responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Yeah, there's, I think, kind of a limited... I don't know. Doctor Strange is a character. It always sounds better than it is. Well, because what that's the he, essence of Doctor Strange. What can he do? Exactly. Everything except when he can't. <laughs> yeah, it's about it. And it doesn't feel like people have the imagination to to do like you know he's the master of the, the mystic arts, but it never feels like people have like the imagination to do anything with that. Everything kind of becomes very 
grounded at some point, and it's just sort of the same old, same old. It's nothing, well, here's nothing your, new happening besides people s- s- circling their hands towards each other a lot. Yeah, here's your big problem with Doctor Strange. My big problem? My big problem, and the world's big problem with Doctor Strange. All right. Is like, uh, he's a surgeon. Okay, he's the greatest yeah, yeah. surgeon in the world. Of course he's fantastic. the greatest surgeon, yeah. Big snooty snoot. Uh, <laughs> then goes and gets uh, trained by, you know, uh, the ancient one. And then uh, understands everything and can do everything. He's never learning the next thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas it always feels like someone like Spider-Man, even though he's got his abilities, yeah. is always behind the eight ball and trying to figure something out. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you would think like a fun thing to do is like, hey, Doctor Strange inherited this house, which seems to have infinite rooms yeah. and all of these things. Does he know immediately what every one of these things is? Because it seems like that would be a fun thing to do is like go through and just like talk to Wong. So what's this? Uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah. And you got to figure it out. And yeah. then it something goes wrong with it or, you know, he's got to defeat uh, someone and has to get into the, you know, a bunch of stuff that he doesn't know how it freaking works. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the fun things about the first film. I was going to say, well, they kind of did that in the first film. A little bit. But yeah. because, yeah, he didn't know the stuff. So yeah. it's like he didn't know how the cape worked or mm-hmm. this worked or that worked. And But by the time you get to him in like, you know, the whatever the Thor movie is, yeah, he knows everything and knows everything. And mm-hmm. he's just smug about it. And it's like, well, <laughs> who cares? He knows everything. Then. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Even even like Iron Man, every movie, he's trying to up the game and invent new things. And so the things that he invents might not work. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he, you know, in Avengers, he's jumping out the window and you're like, I don't know, hope that suit catches up with him. <laughs> Never seen him use that before. Yeah. But, you know, if Doctor Strange jumped out of a window, yeah, Doctor Strange is fine. Yeah. You know, he's going to be fine. It's, he's got like eight different ways of saving himself. It's all fine. Yeah. So you don't have that uh, tension. They did try to add that with the ingredient of "Are you happy?" They did What's try to that add it. Mean. A... <laughs> What's it mean? Well, I think the idea is. I mean, they should. You know, I don't think it's happy. Are you content? Would be a better way to put it. Like, are you? You have all this stuff. You are the master of the mystic arts. Yeah. You can t- turn time the way you want. You can twirl your hands and step through, and you're in a different place. And so you have all this power. But are you content with that power? Has it brought you anything? Has it made you different than what you were? Is you know, as Should a sur- as a surgeon, you seem to, you know, just be like a kind of raging egomaniac uh-huh. and and a you know a kind of a bully. He had to be the one who held the scalpel and also controlled the I- I- iTunes and and or right, Spotify right. playlist and stuff like it. that. Yeah, yeah. so it was all he was a real control freak. But to be fair, he is the greatest surgeon in the world. So yeah, he's right to be doing that. That makes sense. Yes. Well, I don't know about hogging the hogging the Spotify. Not that I wouldn't do that myself, but you know that's my problem. If he's the guy who's holding this the scalpel, mm-hmm. then he should be picking the music. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be something the scrub nurse likes. The well, most. I think I think it's. But you're a team. Just because you're the greatest yeah. surgeon in the world doesn't mean you're not part of a team but of people serving, that are working together. You're serving what's being done there. You're, you're in service of the operation. So it has to yeah. all funnel towards the tip, which is the guy with the, with the scalpel yeah, but who's he can, doing the thing. But he can share some of the... What? I think the, the musical choices. and Why? He's got he's got to focus. And if this helps him focus, like everything but should that, service but it's, not, it's not about that. It's about showing off, though. He's showing off with the music. Yeah, yeah. But that builds his confidence. Okay. And that builds his confidence to the thing. Like, uh, he has okay. to he has I don't to think believe. he needs to build any more confidence. He has, okay. well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, 
look, anyone who like, you know, uh, has confidence or is, has bravado like that isn't confident. Okay. There's something. Well, that's something they should explore in the character, which they, they don't in either film. Unfortunately, they've done that with Iron Man. So it's like the guy with the most bravado had father issues and was never able to prove to his father that he was worthwhile. Yeah. And so what are we going to do with Strange? I don't know. Like, we can't do that again. Yeah. But that's the. Where do you go with it? It's the same problem with the comic books, though. What are we, what are we going to do with this character? Yeah. Well, I mean, the big problem. The, again, we keep saying problem, problem, problem. But the, the, the yeah, the big the big problem with 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 him is uh, what? It's not. Are you happy? Like that makes no sense to me because like you know the person who had the job before him was you know the ancient one. She was the sorcerer supreme. But right? he's not the sorcerer supreme. Though. She was. Was he's she? not. No, Wong no, no. is the sorcerer supreme. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Wink, wink. But you know he's <laughs> he's the one who's in charge. Like yeah. people don't. When Klee shows up and goes like, "There's big problems." Hey, where's Wong? No, they're gonna. It's Doctor Strange. He's the guy. Yeah. You know, they go to Doctor Strange. They don't go to Wong. Uh, but so anyway, it, and that's a technicality. It was just because he blipped for like five years. That was the only reason Wong got the gig. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what he said. It's like you know, I vanished for five years, so he got the job. Mm. It's like okay, fair enough. You're both of that level. But when when the ancient one was the sorcerer supreme, I don't think anyone was going up to her and going. How you doing? You feeling okay? Are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy? No, because she's got shit to do. You're well, in charge. Of she her. was a different person than than Strange too, though. Yeah, she was. She was someone who ethically compromised and and uh, you know tapped into a dark energy and a dark force, and actually was able to balance pretty well with that and use it for good. That's interesting. Are mm-hmm. we going to cover any of that? No, we're going to have another woman who taps into a dark force. And, you know, she's she's crazy because she does. Oh, okay. Because that's what the other person that we liked did. And it was fine. Mm, Yeah. No parallels there? No. Doctor Strange ever do that? No. Okay. Fine. Throw up hands. (laughs) But, like, that he's, you know, are you happy? No, he's not happy. The person he loves is marrying someone else. Yeah. Why would he be happy today? He wouldn't be happy. Why would he be happy? He can't date anyone. What the hell? He's basically become a priest. What do you happy? How do you like the universe? It's pretty good, huh? That's because of him. He's he's one of the guys that's the reason the universe is around. Is he happy? Fuck off, you know. Well, Ugh. I think I do think you can separate someone's achievements from their state of being. Like just because someone saved the universe doesn't mean that their feelings don't count anymore. Don't matter. Or are they just going to always be happy because they saved the universe? That's not how it works. Like you can try to, you can you. save the universe and not and not be a content person and not that's be fine. And what's that? Honestly, what <laughs> you know? That's the sacrifice. Is like you know you are like in the first film he sacrifices everything. You know, uh, and he's going to go through torture for forever, so Dor- so Dormammu can't like attack us. He's yeah. in a time loop, and he's going to be killed by Dormammu forever. Yeah. He's not happy there. Yeah. You know, he's getting tortured and killed forever. So, okay, he knows that's the gig. The gig is you sacrifice yourself and the world lives. Instead of, like, living the selfish life, he lives a life of service. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. And he's satisfied with that and makes that choice. That's fine. But it seems like they're now adding the extra thing. Okay, so you're doing the life of service. Yes. Plus, how are you doing? Are you happy? Yeah. Are you content in the the life of service? Are you happy that you've sacrificed your life? And if you're not to be this person, so what? What are you going to do? Not save the world? Like, what's the option? Yeah, what's yeah. the option when you know 
when the world's and not even world but multiple worlds are going to end is, uh, are you happy though because we want to make sure you're happy like that <laughs> i don't know i don't think he's a machine so i do think some of his feelings do matter mm. it is he's, i mean i just he's not a machine. I'm, just, I'm just like saying he's picture a any real life event where there's something where you know someone has to make an enormous sacrifice yes you know, and uh, and and then you know, it's the thing that you would say afterwards to them. How are you feeling? You happy? Mm. You having a? You content with your uh, work life balance? Is it all? Uh, is it all coming together for you? Probably not. You know, if nothing else, he vanished for five years. That's a bit of a mind fucker. Yeah. You know, you knew well, that uh, <laughs> you knew that one of the the Tony Stark was going to die, and you you had to keep that to yourself, and you had to set him up to die, and not tell him he was going to die, mm-hmm. and you knew it. And and basically, you sacrificed Tony Stark yeah. for that because you knew that was the only way to. How, how do you feel about that? Good. Feel pretty good about yeah. that. It's yeah, a, it's strange. The movie should be more about his uh, PT PTSD. Either. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that, the trauma. Yeah. Is something to deal with. Not we're going all the way over here of just like feeling all right. Especially someone who I know they're not asking feeling all right. They're asking what like are you content. Not are you happy, like gleeful and hop and jumping in the air and kicking your heels together? Well, I'll tell you, how about this? It's like, so, okay. So I got married and, you know, it was a good day. Sure. Like, uh, let's say my wet wedding reception was a good day. Sure. And so at my wedding reception, there were some people there uh, who, let, let's say, you know, were maybe exes of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, would it. Would they traveled it, up from Texas. Or what, or what have you. On this day that is one of my happiest days. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for me to go up to them and go, hey, I just want to check. Are you happy? How's things working out for you? <laughs> you know, seeing seeing sure. me seeing me getting married and stuff? Yeah. I'm all super happy now. Remember? We used to feel this way. Remember that? We did. Yeah. yeah anyway. Anyway, I'm getting married right now and everyone's like so happy that I found yeah, someone yeah. that's not you. But you're not you you weren't mooning around the wedding reception like like someone kicked your dog. Okay. You know? Like Doctor Strange is not, he's not just at the wedding, he's there. It just seems a he's dick, there, he's it there seems sulking. A dick thing for someone at a wedding to say to someone who is their ex yeah. at a wedding. Yeah. You know, when it's like they clearly have not found someone else <laughs> or, you know, moved moved on in this sure, way. Sure. You know, it's just like, you know, I mean, be care about them, but don't put them on the spot of just like, are you as happy as me? Yeah. Because I found da 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 da. Like, all right. Uh, I, oh, seems, she seems like a jerk, is what I'm saying. Yeah, what an asshole. Yeah, and then she's in Karen another world and she's like, you know, working for the, you know, Illuminati. Blech. Those guys are jerks. <laughs> Bunch of boobs. <laughs> Bunch of boobs. Well, they got their, they got their comeuppance, I guess. I guess so. Here's my question. Yeah. Um, so, and this, this gets, it's a little dark, mm-hmm. but you had, um, and I forgot what her name is, but I want to say it's Monica Gambo, but it's like the woman who was Captain Marvel with the, okay, we're doing some s- small spoilers for Doctor Strange here. Um, but the woman who was Captain Marvel, uh, with the Illuminati. Yes. Okay. So she was, you know, the Captain Marvel in, uh, you know, the main universe's friend. And uh, when we when we were watching WandaVision, we met her daughter. Okay. And uh, her daughter uh, got blipped, mm. but um, but she didn't get blipped. Captain Marvel, that version of you know that character, didn't get blipped in yeah. our world. Yeah. Uh, but she she passed away from cancer. Huh. So 
does she have cancer in that world? And did being Captain Marvel stop her from having cancer? Why are they exact parallels to each other? Well, they're the same person. Yeah, I assume. I assume so. She's the same. She's the same person in you know the other world with like a slight you know change where you know instead of the Brie Larson character getting the zap, uh, she got the zap and became Captain Marvel. Did that cure her cancer? Uh, because otherwise, why is she still alive in this world where in the other world, her at that age or past that, she's now past the age where mm-hmm. she passed away from cancer? Who knows? I mean, there may be different, in the different universe, there may be different triggers for cancer. Or she may not have experienced that trigger that could cause cancer. Yeah, could be. You know? it, was just, it was just a small little thing that was like, huh. And the the weird thing too in the Marvel comics, yeah. the first uh, one of the the kind of special edition giant size comics that they ever did uh, yeah. was uh, the death of Captain Marvel, and the original Captain Marvel and Marvel yeah. uh, passed away from cancer. Okay, because you know he he got it, and there's yeah. apparently no cure in the universe, which is a sad thing sure. to hear. There's one cure for that kind of cancer: higher ratings. Oh, bing. Okay. There we go. Asked and answered. (laughs) Well, I just mean that you're not going to kill off a character that's doing well. That seems like something that you do with a character that's kind of middling success. Possibly. Let's do some sort of big thing with this character that kind of draws some attention to it. Mm -hmm. We'll see what comes of it. Doesn't have to necessarily be the last. There's no real death in comics. And now that I'm thinking about it, Monica Gambeau uh, did become Captain Marvel in the comics Hmm. for a while, but a different Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel with different powers. Okay. Powers uh, to turn into any form of energy. I see. Yeah. And then later on became the character known as Spectrum, which I do not think works now as a character name. <laughs> so we got to change that name to something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was she was Captain Marvel in the uh, in the comics that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe let's see. This is time we could be fighting. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we're going down a nerd hole. <laughs> Very deep one. Went much deeper than that I want to climb down. Yeah, I'm just I'm Isn't just setting the ledge, looking you, down at you. Yeah, it's bothersome to me that in What If, yep. and in let's say certain movies, uh-huh. uh, Captain Carter they call her Captain Carter and yeah. not Captain Britain, even though she's clearly got like the British, uh, you know, the Union Jack on her shield. Okay. okay, just call her Captain Britain. Yeah, just do it. Like I know you've got another character called Captain Britain. You're gonna probably want to like crank out later on, <laughs> and you want to brand it with that. Sure. But look, man, just like she's Captain Britain. Okay, come on, push comes to shove, she's Captain Britain. Don't be like, he's Captain Carter. No, no one's calling her that. Nonsense. Yeah, I guess you're right, because he's supposed to be like an analog for Captain America, but yeah. British. Yeah, it makes sense. I just sense. got the Britain thing on the shield. Done. Done and done. Maybe because everyone's mad about Britain. Oh, what? Because of mad cow disease? No, because of like Scottish independence and Welsh independence. So the idea of like Britain, the United Kingdom is like uh, an oppressive idea. I'm going to guess... That in uh, that world, in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> it's a mad, bad, mad world. It's a mad, That's mad, mad, mad multiverse. It. Yeah. Multiverse. Yeah. It's a mad, 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 mad multiverse yeah. of madness. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. that in, in that universe, there was no Brexit because they had a Captain Britain mm. and they all unified behind her because they loved her so much. Yeah. And, they were like, and she went, don't do it. Stick it out, Mike, <laughs> and uh, and she and she uh, held up a cup of tea, yeah, and uh, and all of the UK went, yeah, you're right. They we'll had stick it out. They had Frexit. Oh, what was Frexit? Uh, French exit. France left without saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that would be excellent. That is a that is a very good joke. 
Thank it was a you. very good joke. It's like, you know, they had Brexit and then they had Frexit. But no one talks about it because, yeah, they left without saying goodbye. That's really good. Like, where'd France go? Just like, <laughs> France is gone. <laughs> you know. Where'd they move? And then you see, like, they're right next to Hawaii. And it's like, oh. <laughs> good idea. Hey, France. That I mean, it's great. <laughs> if there was, a you know, a France next to Hawaii, I'd go. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice weather. <laughs> nice weather, but really France. nice weather. I think, I think France has nice nice weather, depending where you are. Right? Yeah, except, right now, except for when so it's nice. scalding hot. Yeah, right now, of course, it's on fire. Right yeah. now, when we're in the middle of a climate crisis, that's a different story. It is. But back but in the good old days, when you could fly a plane there and belch smoke into the air and yep. you know, cause the temperatures of the world to increase and then land in France. Yeah, and once then the climate tour, crisis is over, it's going to be Rent a car and then drive around and go to the lovely beaches there and... While you're at the beach, you know, have a barbecue and put more smoke up into the air. Yeah. Those were the days. Oh, it was great. It was You'd smoke on the flight, too. you smoke on the flight as well. Except unless you were in the non-smoking section, mm. which was like on the other side of the plane. Yeah. So you never got any It was on the, the outside of the plane. <laughs> I just, I, they didn't that like almost smokers. did make me laugh. Yeah. The idea of like a, a non-smoking section on a plane yeah. that's a tube. Well, it's, it's kind of the like, same as being in a restaurant that's a non-smoker. In fact, in an airplane, it's it actually... It's a little tighter, though. An airplane actually makes a little more sense. Okay, because explain. airplanes... Well, because airplanes are have a really great filtration system. Okay. But much better than you'd find at a restaurant or anywhere else. So, because like they... They do re they do recirculate air, but they also take air from the out outside and then put that into the in circulation as well throughout the flight. Okay. So you're uh, the reason I know this because I was reading <laughs> I was reading an article about um, masking on airplanes, and it was saying don't mask the whole time you're on the plane, just mask at the beginning and the end. So when you're boarding and 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 getting off, okay, wear a mask then. But during the flight itself, you really are like the the, the filtration system on planes is 100 percent more effective than you'd find anywhere oh, okay. on, on the ground. What if you got someone next to you, like who you don't know? It feels like they'd be giving you the. the no, it's possible, I guess. Giving but, you the, the business. Yeah, yeah, but they're not like. What if you're making out with them? <laughs> then you should keep your mask on. Yeah, that's right. No, if nothing else, for the monkeypox. Hmm, that's a different problem. Call it something else, guys. Yeah. Like, I know that's what it is, but just, like, you, it, there's problems with that. Yeah. Call it the shark pox. The shark pox? Shark pox. Oh, I thought it was shark. Sharks it already have a bad shark, reputation. It'll make you shark yourself. <laughs> Sharks already have a bad reputation, so, like, it can't get any worse. There's monkeys, I don't I think it could get worse for sharks. I don't think so. Yeah. They're, they're soup. They just killed aimlessly. Yeah, that soup thing's dumb. So, so whereas monkeys, you know, they have a pretty good reputation. Uh... They throw, they throw poo, they eat bananas, they attack people. Yeah. If they can't get alcohol. If they can't get alcohol? Oh, because of the, like, uh, are you thinking of, like, uh, Clint Eastwood movies? No, uh, there are resorts uh, in places with monkeys where the monkeys will go and drink the leftovers from the, from the glasses. Okay. And then when, like, when they stopped, um, when all these places shut down during COVID, mm -hmm. the monkeys got really uh, aggressive because they weren't getting their alcohol. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm trying to think of, like, in... Uh... Uh, every which way but loose. If, uh, Clyde. Clyde, uh, yeah. Clyde was a drinker. He's right? a he's a primate. Is that different than a monkey? Oh, you're right. Yeah. This is the whole ape situation. It's the whole ape situation's been it's been a problem for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a thing with like um, a, pl a Planet of the Apes. Really? It was like yeah, the monkeys were involved. You know, you could have a monkey, but you didn't really have monkeys. Now I'm thinking about it. In the no, original no ones, monkeys. monkeys weren't hanging around. No, they're not. No. Huh. Okay. No, to them, monkeys would have been like having a cat. Okay. 
It would be interesting if you did have like in that was the Planet a of the cat Apes. that was shaped like a human. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's disturbing. Uh, but like Clint, East- Clint Eastwood, yeah. uh, Charlton Heston uh, in the cage, and then like a monkey just comes up to him and just goes, "You disgust me!" and just like leaves. Oh, really? Be, no, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Happen, okay, but it'd be pretty good. <laughs> I thought I missed something or forgotten. A lot of that movie has slipped my mind by this point. Do you know what movie has slipped everybody's mind? Oh, uh, let me think now. Let me think. 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 Is it a current film or an old, old movie? Mm, uh, you know, geez. Uh, let's go 20, 25 years. 20, 25 years. And everyone's forgotten about it. Yep. Yep. Have I forgotten about it? Sure. Yeah. Well, you, I can't answer You'll this. never bring it up. I can't answer this question. What is the but movie? You've seen it. Okay. It's the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that you're right. It's not a good movie. I, yeah, under, I understand. T- people will talk about the new Planet of the Apes yeah. films. Yeah, they'll talk about the old Planet of the Apes films. Sure, but in between, <laughs> there was a Mark Wahlberg movie. Okay, there was a Planet of the Apes movie uh. that had like all these apes that looked like they were caricature. Like I believe there was a Paul Giamatti ape. Like if I'm remembering correctly, like there was just like all these weird apes that were like really caricatures of people very strange yeah and then like it ends with and sorry for spoilers on this but it ends with like uh then getting back to earth but uh, they're at the lincoln memorial yeah but lincoln's a chimp okay it's chimp lincoln and they're like (laughs) no chimp lincoln and it was like you want to just go like yeah who did he emancipate yeah like the monkeys what, what from oh no, way, that's no. There's no. a. I know this is the problem. No, that's like so bad. again, this oh. is this is a truck full of worms <laughs> they just brought up. Exactly. <laughs> Don't open like, that truck full was, of worms. Was okay. Well, let's forget about the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just go with like. So was he in like a, a version of Ford's Theater? You know, uh, watching uh, an all ape play, <laughs> yeah, right. and then another ape yeah. like is behind him with a little little gun yeah. and shoots him, and like you know, d- d- jumps off, and like he would jump off the balcony, but it would be no problem because yeah. he's an ape, yeah. and he's like, ah! and they're all like, yeah, it, may- it raises a good point. By the way, he's the most handsome ape among us. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yes, he's <laughs> John Wilkes Bobo, yeah. and like, ah! and then he runs off. And, uh, yeah, and then they're like, we got to put him on the penny. What they said about Chimp Lincoln was he was the first among eights. <laughs> he was the primate. So Nice. But then there's got to be, like, a George Washington ape. Mm-hmm. Like, are we, like, in, in, if you go down, like, all <laughs> the George of, Washington analog, yeah. 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 Now that we've set this he up. He had wooden teeth. Right. We've got to set up, like, okay, so yeah. all of reality, the sure. way it's played out yeah. in this reality is because something happened in the past and you tried to, like, come back. Everything that happened on Earth happened ape style. Yeah. Ben Chimimp uh, Franklin flew yep. a kite with a metal banana on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like lightning. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, what about, like, the Scopes Monkey Trial? <laughs> yes. Are humans... Did, did apes evolve from humans? Yes. I can't believe this. Yeah. There's so much, right? Like it's to the point where, like, it, okay, Washington, as in modern day, exists. Yeah, we got the we got the Lincoln Memorial. Sure, I'm not sure who would have been the president uh, at that at that point. You know, would it have been like it wouldn't have been the first Bush. Oh no, not even the first Bush. But when was the Lincoln Memorial created? Oh, much earlier than that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it's no. I think we, I think it was modern day. They come that modern they came time. Back. Yeah, whatever to modern times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to see when Tim Burton did his Planet of the Apes. But it's a hell of a movie. It was movie. like 98, wasn't it? Somewhere around there? Late 90s, I think. 
late nineties. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes good sense. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, Tim. I feel I feel like I'm right, but I could be wrong. By the way, I always uh, I was like bringing up that these are uh, astronauts that uh, didn't know they were on Earth and uh, and uh, looked up in the sky and saw our stars and were like, oh, where are we? Well, I don't know. There's a big dipper up there, and there's Polaris. Yeah. Where do you think you are, genius? <laughs> Dummy. Uh, 2001. 2001. Yeah. An ape odyssey. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth, Helena Bonham Carter. Of course. It's of course. Tim yeah, Bar- yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can they, do. At that time, they were an item. Michael Clark Duncan. Chris Christopherson. I guess he, I guess he's probably shirtless. I don't see you hiring Chris Christopherson and not making him shirtless. What? At that time? I think that's over. Chris Christopherson? Yeah. Oh, well, you want that skinny cut look that he's got. You want that kind of look that Chris Christopherson? Got. Yeah. You want that look that he's got in Blade. Where like you want him like like that that look that Wait, kind of Iggy Pop look. Does he tr- take off his shirt and blade? Oh, I'm sure he must. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's too old by that point. No, uh, no, no I think uh, he's uh, he's fine. <laughs> okay. What? Sorry. Okay. Okay. They released an internet marketing campaign nicknamed Project Ape that <laughs> involves people going out into the. Oh, like, this is so weird. Uh, I, I forget it. It's okay. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> you want to talk about it's it? got a 44 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, uh, they canceled the sequel. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to see if they if they list like what the uh, what the what the human like apes were supposed to be. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> oh, okay. So it wasn't Link. I'm sorry. Okay. It was not. It was not Ape Lincoln. It was not Ape Ape Ape, ape Lincoln. Lincoln. Ape Lincoln. That's yeah. what his name would have had to have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. No, it was the general from the, uh, the from the past. Oh, okay. And so they worshipped him. But everything else, was everything it, else got built exactly the same. Was it General Ursus? Was that his name? General Thade. Oh, that's a different... Uh, yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. Now I almost <laughs> want to see that again. Well, it's probably on Tubi. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, Speaking of Tubi... Oh, please, please, please. I watched... Um, the movie Lenny, the other other day. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was over over Dustin on Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, uh, Bob Fosse uh, directed it. Okay, based on a a play. Um, I was oh, I was over on the island on this weekend. Mm-hmm. On this weekend, this weekend, and I had a and it was kind of a mixed up trip actually because when we went last year and I had such a fun time. Tootling around, uh, going to used bookstores, and and I found a great record store there. That was on Saturday, mm-hmm. but this year we traveled there on Saturday, which was kind of our 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 uh, waste day, like our travel day. Right. And then Lisa did all her work on Sunday, the day when Courtney is closed to business. Nothing is open on that day, which is fine. I have no yeah. problem with that. I, you know, I always I always support it. So live by the sword, die by the the sword. But um, I couldn't do like. I couldn't go to the record store. I couldn't go to the bookstores and, yeah, and do that do that kind of stuff. So instead, I uh, I went to the record store on Saturday before we went to meet a person who was. Oh, okay. Um, we went over there and we and we met up with this lady who took us to visit our pony Harris's mum, his uh, his dam. Hmm. So we went and saw her. And is that what you call a horse's mother? Their their dam? I think so. Okay. What's what's their a father sire, called? A sire. Okay. And the dam. I think that's correct. Lisa okay. will probably correct me. Please do correct me if I'm wrong, dear. And so I'll just go see Nope. I'm sure they'll say it in there. <laughs> Most likely. And uh, so we yeah, went and visited. And then we went with this lady and her boyfriend. We went to their house. And then we saw his brothers or kind of half brothers there since they were not from the same 
sire, but the same dam, I believe. And that was kind of interesting. And then, we, but before we met these people, I went to the a record store and made Lisa stand around in a very bored way while I looked through every single CD <laughs> in the store. And I bought a few while I was there. Because they, they have a really good selection. What, what is the store called? It's called Bop City That's Records. Yeah, it's, and it's like in an alleyway, just right on the kind of main st- street through the older part of Courtney. And it was so close to be calling Alley Records, and they didn't. They, You know what? There were, remember at uh, at Scott Selma? Yeah. Alley Cat. Yeah. Alley Cat Records, yeah. Yeah. It's Isn't good. it weird to be in an alley and not use yeah, that yeah. in your name? But, uh, you know, Pop City is also good. I guess they like Bop. Yeah, it's big better. Fan. It's a better name. Big fans of Bop. Yeah, but it's it's tough when it, the, the alley is right there. <laughs> it really hey, is. I used to work for the back alley theater. Yeah, we had an alley. Sure, they called it that. Yeah, even though we were mostly facing the street. Yeah, it's actually a really good location because it is in an alley, but it's like totally visible when you're driving down the street. Like you can't miss it. Yeah, so. you're not going to get like uh, someone shooting you and your pearls fall on the ground and you have to become a superhero. Well, yeah. that's yeah. That well, that was happening up the street a bit actually. Mm-hmm. That's Courtney. <laughs> that's Courtney for you. That is the first. That is the last time I had a gun pulled on me yeah. was in Courtney. So yeah, you're not wrong. On the on the Sunday, I went. I wandered around, and I found they had like a new um, uh, womanscaping place there called. Well, let me just read to you the information. I, I took a picture of it because I I enjoyed it so much, so very very much. Let me just find the image here. So it, it's called. It's uh, so it says on the the window of the place. It says. Drop your drawers, Courtney. Yeah. For the best. Oops. Now I've done it. I've done something. I don't know what I've done. I've turned into Google Lens. Go okay. Away. There's two things this store could be. <laughs> it says for. What is a furniture store? <laughs> for the best waxing experience ever. Period. 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 Yep. Period is a word. And then they have another period. Yep. And the store is called Foxy Box. Yeah. Which I just think is great. Uh, there's a Foxy Box directly across from where we used oh, to do the Oh, okay. Show. So it's a chain. Yeah. And on the door, it says, Home to your friendly neighborhood, Vigicians. What's that? I also enjoyed that. Oh. Little joke. So Nice. I, I wonder if they ever uh, meet up with uh, Mathemagicians. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And like, what do you make disappear? Fractions. How about you? You know. And so then I was running around and I was in deep discussion with uh, Third Dragon, Nina. Okay. Uh, about uh, uh, ramen because there was a ramen restaurant that was open because the they have like a kind of a well a sort of famous hamburger place there called George's something or other George's food or whatever and so I was kind of thinking of going there but it was closed on Sunday Uh-oh. but the ramen place is open so then I was writing to Nia and saying what would you recommend for yeah. someone like me who's complained about thick sure, noodles sure, sure. blah 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 and she she suggested that I was probably thinking about udon. Which I guess is a different kind of soup than ramen. It's a thicker noodle. They have for thicker sure. noodles than that one, yeah. And then so I got a, I got ramen there. Um, don't ask me what kind I got. Let me look at a tonkaku. Was it ta- pork? It had ton. Yeah, it was like a pork a pork based. Oh, did you hear that? Broth, probably. No, I'm just. Oh, you're just guessing. guessing. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, okay. I'm saying that if she recommended something, she probably would have recommended the pork based broth for you. Well, she asked what I what I yeah, kind yeah. Of broth had like, and I said creamy. I like I like a creamy. Yeah, broth. yeah. And you, broth, that's so. probably the one. So then she, yeah, she. I think it was called like ton talk talk. I don't want to. I don't want to guess. I feel like a feel like a yeah. That's real probably yokel. the best. Uh, I feel the best like thing a real yokel. guess another language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Just make up as many uh, versions <laughs> of what you can remember as possible. Yeah, that's right. That's the best way. Somebody just say what it was called. Sure. Looking it up here. Um, sorry, gotta just look up more. 
find the picture here. And it's called Tonkatsu. Tonkatsu. That's right. And it didn't have miso in it, which I, I'm not a big fan of miso. Okay. Or maybe it had miso in it. I didn't know it, and I'm a fan. But I, it was very nice. It's just kind of salty and stuff. Yeah. It's it was very tasty, and um, I also got like some uh, chili oil with it as well. To, yeah, nice. To dump in because I like the heat. Okay. You know, so it was very good. I've never had it before. So yeah, was, it's good. I was very happy with it. Yeah, there's a couple of. Well, obviously, we're in Vancouver. There's a couple of good ramen places. There's a there's a really good ramen place down in Burnaby. Why am I saying it like that? Uh, but there's uh, yeah. like yeah uh, by the by this Burnaby pool that I sometimes go to. Okay, and uh, oh yeah, really really tasty. So mm. good. Uh, and I get it with a little bit of uh, get the boiled egg in there. I'll have that for a little. Extra it did not protein. have a, I. I didn't see it as an option. If I did, I would. Did you have sliced meat in it? It was had sliced, yeah, had sliced sliced good, pork. Good. I guess. All it. right, nice and very nice noodles. I really like the noodles because they weren't totally cooked. They were had a little bit of, a little bit of el dante. El dante. That's yeah. the Japanese word for it. Is yeah, I, I thought so. Uh, it was good. Only thing I wish I had known was that it would have ginger in it, and I would have asked them to not put ginger in it. Okay. Because ginger to me tastes like soap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bit of an allergy to it. I guess I'm fine with um, coriander. Whatever the name is for that now. What's the other name for coriander? Uh, cilantro. Cilantro, yes. I'm fine with cilantro, but I do not enjoy uh, ginger. I made kind of a spicy peanut sauce and uh, nice. cooked up some ramen noodles. Yeah. Uh, then like spiralized uh, cucumber. Don't know what it means. What's that? Well, you just cut it into a spiral. Uh, I have a spiralizer, basic, so it turns a cucumber into noodles, almost spaghetti-like okay. noodles. I use a spirograph. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, there's too many uh, pins involved in that. <laughs> you have to pin the pin uh, the cucumber down. And yeah, mix the, mix those two together and mix it with the uh, with the with the spicy peanut sauce. And then yeah, it's uh, cilantro and peanuts and um, uh, green uh, green onions and uh, really freaking good, like so good. Why, why don't they have a spicy peanut butter? That'd be a good idea. You think they do? I'm sure they do. There's no way. They I'm just thinking because I was thinking it's funny. Like you'd be thinking like ugh. Cucumber with with um, peanut sauce, but I I have cucumber. Well, last week I had peanut butter and cucumber almost all week because I was out of uh, lunch meat. So I just just made do with uh, cucumber and peanut butter. Yeah, it's not a real thing. It's mm. not like a big thing. There's a yeah, there's a couple people that make it, but mm. you're right, it's not super uh, popular. I guess it's just so easy to make. But then again, I guess we got could... spicy ketchup. Yeah, but yeah. then again, you know, spicy ketchup. You wouldn't want to mix your own ketchup and then spread it on your things because you want it coming right out of the bottle onto your hamburger or hot dog or yeah. french fries. So that makes sense. I prefer to not have a, a hot ketchup, though. Like if I want a hot ketchup, I'll just add Tabasco sauce as well as the ketchup. Right. I The only time I really use spicy it, ketchup is to make my mother's recipe for uh, meatballs uh, on Christmas, okay. which is uh, apple butter. And mm. uh, spicy ketchup. Neat. You mix those together. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just get some meatballs and put them in and oh, it works. Get yourself some toothpicks and you knock yourself out. You have a good time. Company's coming. Company's coming. <laughs> it's uh, simple, simple. But the uh, yeah, the cucumber thing is just really freaking refreshing. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cucumbers are. And then the kind I'll of add shrimp sometimes. The kind of more savory good. flavor of the, the peanut butter with the crispness of the, mm-hmm. the cool crispness of the cucumbers is a. Uh, Mwah. Yeah, I made uh, a thing as well because again, I just bought this spiralizer, and by just bought, I mean like about seven years ago. But I never <laughs> broke it, broke it out, so I decided <laughs> to just bring it out. Um, but I took a zucchini sure. and also yeah. spiralized that, okay, and then added uh, some uh, pesto to it and some cheese, and uh, I'm trying to think what what the heck else I add. Oh yeah, and tomatoes 
And uh, god damn, it was so freaking good. Mm. So good. Again, very, very refreshing. So, uh, so yeah, uh, my advice is get a real cheap uh, spiralizer. Not one of those necessarily that you got the crank and you got to go, but like one that you can just like, uh, almost like it's a tube. Hey, sure. You just put it in and go, Manual. <laughs> fine. Manual one. Manual one, yeah. So the long and the short of it is... Long uh, and short is uh, Courtney rules! I like Courtney, but I spent most of the morning just lazing around it. Because we got... It was kind of fun. Like, last time we went, we slept in someone's motorhome that they had near their house. Okay. They knew you were there, though, right? They knew we were there. We didn't sneak in. Okay. They, we were welcome guests. That's part of the thrill. Welcome guests. But we, but this time, they offered us a, a, an Airbnb that they had available, the people that were doing the test. And it was like a tiny house, like a literal tiny house on a, that they just set up on a farm, that, some property they bought. And I guess they were paying off the property with their Airbnb, and then they had a... a mobile home on the property as well they're renting mm-hmm. and so they offered us this place to stay in, and, and so we did and it was quite nice it was very very tiny like it's a tiny house you, to go to upstairs you had to climb a ladder to go up into the top of the house where you, i couldn't stand up you had to, have to crawl <laughs> crawl to uh. the bed and i was thinking oh what up making the bed in this situation would be oh my a god nightmare. it just feels so claustrophobic you just yeah. saying that just like makes me want it was to i mean i don't i don't i don't i just want to stretch i don't suffer from uh, that but it was, it was you don't have claustrophobia no no okay i don't so um, unless I was like buried underground in a coffin, then I then I might be feel claustrophobic. But I think that's a natural reaction to being buried underground in a coffin. Eh. It's not really like a f- built-in fear. Like people would be going, "Well, of course you're nervous. Your your claustrophobia is kicking in." And I'll be like, "I'm not claustrophobic. I was buried in the ground in a coffin." They're like, "Yeah," and you're feeling claustrophobic about it. Mm. Like, I don't know, but I don't know if that was claustrophobia. No, it's just justified. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, you got hydrophobia. No, yeah. I was drowning. Yeah. No, no, you got hydrophobia yeah, yeah, yeah. water. Yeah. yeah, in my lungs. Yeah, it's a fair point. Though I gotta say, I did have like at least three plans for how yeah. to get out of a coffin when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, when I fell out of the plane and I was so terrified, and people were like, "Well, you have agoraphobia. You're afraid of open spaces, mm. but also acrophobia because you're afraid of, you have a fear of heights." Right. Well, I mean, I was falling to my death at that moment. No, no, but you were because oh, you, you have fear acrophobia. Of death. Yeah. Oh, fear of death as well. That's right. Thantophobia, I think. Is that called? It'd be something that starts with T H. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanatopsis. Why not? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. And fear of the ground. <laughs> fear of the ground as well, yes. Yeah, it's, you'd be, have a variety of fears. Yeah, if you fell out of a building, you'd also have a fear of the ground. You well. also have a fear of people like just making fun of your death. Oh. Because you had so many fears on the way down. They're like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> what a chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> but she was scared the whole time. Down. Probably also had a fear of like not be able to grab onto a building. Just to stop, stop falling. Well, if you grabbed onto a building, your arms would tear off. I mean, you're falling. Well, it depends when you, when you grab. If you grab near That's the beginning. That's true. It is all timing. It's all about timing. <laughs> when you're falling to your death, timing is it everything. It is timing is everything. Yeah, yeah. Like comedy yeah. and falling to your death, timing is everything. <laughs> the two things. Yeah. The only two things where timing matters. Oh, and ha- trying to have a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's also about timing. Make sure you have it uh, before menopause. Just <laughs> before you're 60. Timing. Have a timing. So I had all this time to kill in the morning. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm at home. I wasn't home, but I'm at this place. I have free Wi-Fi. I have my tablet. I'm going to watch 2B. And I decided I was going to watch Lenny because Mary had told me that it was available on there. She she also said that all that jazz was on there, but it's not. It's not on 2B. So it wasn't a big fossy fest. It wasn't a fossy fest. No. But like a fossil, that's a name for fossy fans, as you know. I did watch uh, the Lenny Bruce film. And I have to say... So so, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd seen a little bit of it before when I was working, when I was traveling. Actually, when I was selling books, actors doing stand up. It's not good, and it's it's not right. Yeah, it's not right. They yeah. don't they don't get it, right? Nope. It's funny, like 
the whole approach is wrong. Like, they don't talk fast enough. It doesn't talk fast enough as Lenny Russo doesn't talk fast enough. They took, like, one of his best jokes and they put it into, like, a real-life scene, which I guess is okay to kind of say, like, look, he was drawing from his life, which was kind of unusual at that time, as we talked, as we said before. But it's a movie that where you watch it and you're like, you know, okay, I guess he he sacrificed a lot to be able to say cocksucker, but you don't really get a sense that he was funny. Like, there's nothing about it that's... Fu- like, you don't understand that... And the movie doesn't understand that he was also funny, like, that it was... What he was doing was funny. And people yeah. were laughing at it. Well, try to... Like, on one... Okay, here's... Uh, listen, I got a question for the week. <laughs> write, it, write it down. All right. All right. And this is a specific... This is a very specific you'll forget one. it. You'll forget it. My question is, has there has there ever been, uh, like... Uh, does it... Does, have you seen stand-up work in a movie or mm. TV show where yeah. you... Not by a stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah. But an actor portraying a stand-up comic. Can't do a it. la Tom Hanks in Punchline. Sure. A la Lenny, Lenny and Lenny Bruce. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Lenny Bruce, yeah. Like Danny, Dustin Hoffman and Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, have you seen it work? Mm. Like, and you went like, ah, and it's actually funny. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes they will have a stand-up perform in a sitcom or something and you'll go ah that's funny because it's a stand-up doing their stand-up act and yeah. it's like they're actually doing it that makes sense yeah sometimes in punchline there's stand-ups doing their own stand-up and it's like we get it but yeah an actor an actor doing stand-up <laughs> doesn't work do like it. even um i really like the film annette the film written by the the uh, male the sparks the miller brothers but it, it has adam driver in the film as a stand-up comic of some kind and it's not sound of comedy though. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of a monologue that doesn't have any, any jokes in it. Like it doesn't have enough jokes in it. Like it yeah. needed needed jokes. And it's fine. Like the Mill Brothers are funny people, but they're not stand up comics. And that's a different kind of humor. Like humor in songs or or being amusing when you're telling anecdotes or whatever. That's different than being a stand up comic. Yeah. You know. And that's a totally different muscle group that you're using. One that's sem- okay. Uh, I would say the two ones now that sort of work are Hacks Works to me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah but uh, what's her name? Jean Smart. Jean, Jean Smart. Yeah. Jean Smart. Uh, her doing like a Joan Riversy type thing. Sure. Just like yeah, that I could see. Like if she was doing what she was doing in Vegas, yeah. Joan Rivers style. Yes, I can see that sort of thing. How mm. she's doing it. That would that conceivably would work. That would yeah. work. And uh, I like the Miss Maisel. I was going to say, but don't say Miss Maisel because it's not funny. Okay, I like Miss, <laughs> I like Miss Maisel, but uh, yeah, I don't buy her as a stand-up. Yeah, because like first of all, all of her bits are so tight, even though she's doing them for the very first time. Yeah. She never rehearses into anything. She never tightens any bits. Yeah, yeah. She never like you know, if you want to have a realistic Miss Maisel, she would do a, a thing like one one time and get like maybe one. <laughs> Like bit, and someone like that bit's terrible. Throw that bit out, and then you'd see it like another time, and she'd get like a little bit more. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, and then like the next time you see it, she's worked on it. She's she's something has informed it, and and she knows what what works for it, and now it's slaying. Yeah, and the person goes, "I always liked that bit," and then be like that'd be a realistic <laughs> comedy fucking scene. Yeah, you know where no one understands that it takes time to grow, but I do buy. The guy who's playing Lenny Bruce more than uh, Dustin Hoffman and this Lenny Bruce. Mm, mm. When he was doing his Carnegie Hall show uh, on, it, the, on the thing. On Miss Maisel? Uh, not Carnegie. Is it Carnegie Hall? Yeah, he, I think he so. did it Carnegie Hall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was the Carnegie Hall show that mm. he was doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, 
they, this works as I it was would a, buy it was this. a late night show at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't uh, afford the the early show cost, but I buy this. I completely buy this, yeah. and I also liked that the whole point of that episode was uh, she admired him for like you know being the risque yeah. you know comedian and getting arrested and all this stuff, and and his whole thing was like I want to tell jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's getting in the way. <laughs> I want to do what I did tonight, which is tell jokes to a big group of people. Yeah, yeah. This is what I love, yeah. telling jokes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's not a noble hero. No, no. It's like a freedom of speech guy. He's not Martin Luther it became, King, Dr. King. It became, when it became like, a, it did become a problem like later on, but I think that's more like uh, a kind of madness sort of overcame him. Like he became obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. The same way, and you know, and sometimes I think that kind of the same way that that um mort Saul became obsessed with the we talked about this with the kennedy yeah. killing and in a way that's a way of stepping sideways from from trying to you know like you reach a certain degree of success mm-hmm. and then you kind of realize that there's a you're going to hit a ceiling you're going to hit a ceiling because you can only go so far with what you're doing and can you change it do you have the talent to change that or maybe it's easier just to move sideways move sideways and become a serious commentator mm-hmm. on serious things like the fact that the Kennedy killing was a conspiracy and the Warren report was a, was a fix and all that kind of stuff. And that becomes your, your hobby horse. Yeah. And that's your serious business. The same way that Dick Gregory became, became unfunny and became like a major, um, you know, proponent of, of civil rights, which is fine, which is fine to do those things if that's what you want to do. But you know, I do think that in a way it becomes like an excuse to not be funny anymore. Yeah. And Lenny Bruce had the same thing, but it became the, the court stuff where he's on stage being very dull, reading out court transcripts and stuff like that. And then explaining the joke, not telling, retelling the joke, you know, explaining the joke. There is some footage of him performing at a club in San Francisco, which, which was welcoming to me. It was actually a lesbian club there in San Francisco that he performed at quite a bit near the end of his career. And there's some footage of him performing and he's just performing. He's not, yeah. he's not reading out from the transcripts, transcripts and stuff or... like that. He's, he's doing his, that little bit where he's, did you come, did you come at the drums and stuff like that? And, um, and just doing an actual like yeah. thing. And it's actually kind of, it's actually kind of good. Um, there's two really long performances. There's the Carnegie Hall one. There's one called live at the current theater, which is like a three record set. And, both of them are okay. They're kind of on the cusp of him starting to not be as funny and more kind of searching and talking and kind of spending a lot of time discussing the semantics of things. And and and, you, and at that point, you're kind of like, well, hmm. but uh, what you know, like the fantasy albums, uh, Togetherness, and and uh, you know, I can't remember all the titles of those albums, but. I love togetherness because it's got like, you know, a mix of races on it and then a Ku Klux Klan person that are all together, you know, like, um, he's got some good album covers. He does. Yes. And, and those albums are more like, they're more jokey. Like they're more jokey kind of their jokes on commercials or jokes on his life. They're like actual like jokes and they're done in a way. And of course they have the most successful ones because they're not as cut up as the other, you know, because the problem with the records to me is they cut up the bits. They don't have like a, like one performance. It's, this bit and then this bit and stuff like that. It's not like you don't get the sense of, of the build and everything else. And I think that's a problem with those records. But when he does like a long bit, like Father Flotsky's Triumph, what we talked about yeah. before, the, the classic prison break 
Uh, but you can you can bit. listen to any of this on YouTube. Yeah, you or a night at the Palladium, you know, where an American hat comic comes to somehow lands this prestige gig at the Palladium and then blows it, you know, and it's really great because it's it's a makes fun of like the hat comics yeah. and you know it kind of makes fun of snobbish you know the, the snobbishness of it all and it does it's just a great because what he really what he really brought was this idea of like everything is showbiz. Like everything in our culture is now showbiz. Whether you're the Catholic Church, yeah. whether you're Adolf Hitler, whatever you are, you're just showbiz. That's what our culture is, you know. And everything is all about how you present yourself in a flashy way to the world, you know. Yeah. And that was his like kind of major realization. Which, wor- which wor- yeah, which worked especially for the time. Sure, like know? so a bit everyone's like religious TV. Everyone's yeah. got everyone's got a movie theater in their home. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. But to me, like the 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 crime of the the movie is that it doesn't present his life as any fun mm. when it was fun, and that you know why did he why did he stop performing in hack as a hack night as a hack nightclub comedian and move into doing working in at first in strip clubs? It's because he had the freedom to perform there, but also it was really fun. It was a fun place to be. It was full of people who had kind of dropped out of fifties culture and. Just said, this isn't for me. I don't want to be part of this this phony baloney Eisenhower idea of what America is. I want to just have fun, and sometimes that's dangerous, you know. And you can get into all kinds of problems with substances that aren't good for yeah. you and stuff like that. But also, you were just outside of this repressed, repressive culture, and you had fun, you know. And it, and Lenny Bruce had lots of fun in those strip clubs, you know. And he married a stripper, yeah. And that, you know, so you know, and. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering, yeah, uh, if like, you know, 74 was a time for fun movies. Like if you're Dustin Hoffman and you're making a movie, yeah. you know, about Lenny Bruce, you want to make it important. I, just, so I don't think Hoffman had much to do with the tone of the film. I mean, it's Bob Fosse who's the, who's the, the director right. and the, the person behind it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like, uh, uh Hoffman's not a guy who would like, uh, keep his input to himself. They, like, yes, that's true. A, that's true. Yeah, he's but he, just some guy who'd be getting into this for a very long a, time. He did not have a receptive director to be given his input to. Mm-hmm. Bob Fosse didn't have much. We didn't want him to do the movie. But with Lenny Bruce but, him, uh, himself, yeah. I mean, just try to think of like the count on one hand the amount of comedians who have spanned like two decades. Mm. You know, it's just like you're going to go out of style regardless. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. And then the weird thing for you as a stand-up is. Uh, you know, your whole thing is to call out bullshit, mm-hmm. and then you're you're bullshit. Yeah, of course, you're kind of bullshit. But he, I think he knew that too. And yeah, of, but it was later on that kind of the Saint Lenny thing started to kind of take off. That's the problem too. But if you f- believe your own hype, that's mm-hmm. the other way you can go. Yeah, and then you're Mort Saul, and now you're really fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then you can be performing for decades. Sure. To a very small core, and and not to be mean to to these people because you know they. Didn't have like the best circumstances growing up, but Lenny Bruce wasn't like a well-educated person. He might have been clever, mm-hmm. you know, but he was not well-educated. So, you know, when he started like messing with law and stuff like that, it's from a very surface point of view. He's actually, he's almost like he's arguing like he's in a movie, not in reality. You know what I mean? Like he thinks he's arguing to, yeah. to Andy Hardy's dad, you know, the yeah, Judge Hardy. Yeah, you're arguing Hardy, for you know? the truth, not the law. And yeah. the law and the truth are very different <laughs> different things they're very different yeah and in the in the film they go they do um show the scene where he he wanted to perform his act in court for the jury so they could see like that it had merit as commentary it wasn't just it wasn't just 
crudeness for crudeness's sake because you know when the police were presenting it they weren't they were murdering his jokes that's how he felt Absolutely. it they're murdering my jokes you know these are these are funny bits and they're killing it because they're just reading it out verbatim from a from a notebook you know and and he's like you're not getting the delivery right you're not getting the point you know and so he did actually do the 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 act in court and it might have saved him uh it might have saved him jail time actually because they actually did rule that his act had yeah. uh merit you know because he was able to give the context yeah exactly yeah and you can't yeah. give the context if you're not able to present the context. yeah 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 it's uh, no it is it is such an interesting thing but the movie itself i think is kind of taking things from the point of view of saint lenny from the get-go and so it already starts off and it's already wrong-footed when it starts off and then yes a, a comedian or an actor who cannot you know and there's no like attempt to in those days i guess no one thought we should go talk to some kind of comics and maybe get some pointers or some training or whatever some idea of how you perform on stage you don't say yeah. a joke and then smile which which lenny which uh doesn't often does throughout the throughout his act where he he you know lenny bruce tells a joke and then he smiles at the audience that's not mm-hmm. how it goes. You have a rhythm. Stand-up comedy is about rhythm. It's a you set a rhythm to your act, and that's what you do. You don't have pauses where you self-congratulate yourself on the fact that you're getting a good good chuckle out of the audience. No, that's not how it works. You have a set, and you do that set at a particular way, in a particular way. You've you've timed it all out in your mind. You've practiced. You've honed it over over months, and then you you perform that honed version of your act to people over and over again and it just gets better and better hopefully right and eventually you know people get tired of it and then you end up uh your milton burl or your yeah i'm trying to think of who it was i was listening to on a good one a podcast Mm -hmm. about uh, telling jokes okay i think it was lisa uh, eliza oh i'm blanking okay so sorry uh she's a very funny uh stand-up who deserves way more than uh (laughs) you just gave her her the short shrift but she was saying one of the biggest frustrations about her last special even though she's like happy generally with how it came out was she was doing the material after that but before it came out Mm. uh so she was still doing it like on the road and the jokes are all better now like they're better than they are in the special Mm. it's like yeah because they evolve you think like the joke comes out fully formed here it is and that's it and how it's presented is as good as it's going to get mm. but no 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 the next day it's going to get a little better and the next day it's going to get a little better and yeah. you're going to try oh it's so frustrating to, to see like <laughs> there's there's extra bits and punchlines that you know are not on the special yeah and no one will ever see except mm. you know those the that's on yeah. the live yeah and she can't do those bits anymore because they were in the special now. yeah yeah now so that's gone gotta now. retire that act I, I i don't know if that's necessarily true i mean you could always bring them out in some degree later on you can but it's tricky like again we we saw Patton oswald once at the vogue and mm. he was doing some classic bits and people were actually saying them out loud before oh, he was getting okay, to it yeah. i was like ah that's just it's not that's why that basically there's why steve martin stopped it's not barry manilow no yeah. it, was, it was he stopped because he was lazy steve um, martin stopped because he's lazy i think so Is that what he said i would think no okay no i mean he went into movies i don't know if that's easier there's very few stand-ups that hear Steve Martin's uh, uh, reasons yeah. for stopping doing stand-up. As in, like, you know, I was playing stadium shows. I couldn't hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had no place that I could, like, try new bits out. Mm. And there's very few stand-ups that don't immediately go, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, that's silly. Yeah, you just show up at a, a club and mm. you just do a bit. You didn't I, want... that. The answer was he yeah. didn't want to anymore. Yeah, it could have been laziness. 
It also could have just not been. Even late. I mean, I, it could have been. I, I think it, it's you're enough kind to of, say you don't want to do do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the case. He wanted to do movies. Yeah, and also you've 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 you know hit the heights. Yeah, yeah. That are the highest heights you're going to hit sure, here sure. Uh, on with the show. This is it. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, you're done. Yeah. That's fine. You yeah. can wrap it up. No yeah. one said you had to keep going. No. with doing stand up, and you weren't like. You know, before this, you were a writer, mm-hmm. and before that, you were a magician, and before this, it'll be something else later. Sure. You know, your guy likes to do a bunch of stuff. And if you think of your career as a as a, something that progresses, there's a progression to it. Then movies is your next step in that progression, right? Or you've just got a hunger for the new, yeah, yeah, Nothing, nude uh, for uh, for the nude or for the new. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been nude on a, a thing, which is surprising because you think that wait. Was he in the jerk? Was he? Ever I naked? think he was nude in the jerk. I don't think he was naked, but he is like in a scene where he is covering up his. That makes himself, sense. I believe. Once again, I saw that movie in the theater. I've not seen it since. Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah. That was my review of that film. It was okay. It starts with a good joke. I was a big fan. Uh, joke from his act. Yeah. But I, I was a big fan of of his comedy. Like I really liked him. I, I bought a wild and crazy guy. That's the only one I bought. I couldn't afford it anymore, but I did buy that one, and uh, and I was a you know I was a fan. I enjoyed his absurdist humor, and but I thought the jerk was a bit of a was a bit of an okay movie. Uh, I would say something about his stand-up as well as like he was really doing you know what you could call anti comedy. Yeah, you know, so it's like whatever you would expect, he would do the flip, <laughs> and you can only do that magic trick once. And, you know, this is a guy who is a magician. Mm-hmm. So he knows he can only do the trick once yeah. or twice. And it's like, yep, now you got to do another trick. You got to go off because, you know, people will expect you to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And he did continue that persona to a degree, you know, for a number of years on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And played around with it there. And so, you know, it didn't uh, it didn't go away. But like his, yeah, his films are very different from each other. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And continue to be so. Like his stuff is is still, you know, uh, different. Cheaper by the dozen is quite a bit different than the jerk. Yes. Yep. One has teeth; the other is toothless. There's there's the occasional tooth in uh, Only Murders in the Building. That's a very surreal uh, uh, show. That's a show that you know you go like, oh, I get it. That's gentle. Fu- Wait, whoa, what's that? <laughs> okay, mm, all right, okay. Huh. You're all doing. You're all doing what you're doing. I think I'm a little behind in them. Just I've been been busy. That is okay. I uh, was. I've been drywalling the bathroom. So. Oh, how's that going? That's no, fine. I can only. I do it a night at work after work, so it's it's in stages. Okay. I work for a bit, and then I'm just like, whew, it's hot out. How are things with the the basement and uh, your return of your things? Uh, well, we haven't. Nothing's been returned yet, but they were in today, actually putting in the new flooring. Okay. So that's a big step. We got um, vinyl plank flooring with fake wood grain. So, but I wanted I wanted vinyl because it uh, it has some water resistance. So I thought it made more sense to have that like in the laundry room yeah. and places like that. And I didn't want to get linoleum again, and I didn't want to have carpet in the one part of the house. So we're gonna carpet our what they call the library. They they named the rooms for us. So I've never known what to call them. <laughs> I never know what to call them because you know like. The one room is kind of like fuck pit. Yeah, oh, that's what oh, okay. I that's All what right. I used to call it. But Whatever. I'd be like, it's this guest, you know? Do you want to stay in the fuck pit? It's <laughs> a guest bedroom. I guess you Some can call it if haunted. that's what you want to call it instead of a fuck pit. But I always thought that's a better name. But no, like the one room downstairs was was the playroom when the girls were younger, and then uh, it became the TV room because I, I somehow okay. acquired a free television, and that ended up downstairs. And so um, 
so it became the TV room, the, the auxiliary TV room. And then the other room was sort of the, but they call it the one room, the office. And then they call the other room, the library. So that's fine. Whatever. I had, both of them had books in them. So I don't know what. There should be a library. One had workbooks. One, the auxiliary <laughs> library in the library. Okay. And then, uh, then, but yeah, they're putting in the flooring. So they started that today. So they called me and they said that they needed to put, to do leveling. They need to level the floor. Because our, I, and I noticed last night that we had like a, the floor crested, like it had like a high center and oh, it kind okay. of, kind of moved, rolled away from that. Cause the house is very old. So, you know, it's kind of, it's settling. But, and I said, well, that's fine. If that's what you need to do, you know, go ahead. I mean, it, it was going to cost us some money, but whatever. Cause just do it properly. So there's no problems in the future. And then they said, oh, we can't because you have this big shelf and then it won't be able to like fit in its place once we do this. Oh. And I was like, well, no, just do it. And then they're like, no, we can't. So I think they just did it without doing the leveling. So I said to do it, but they didn't because they were afraid that it wouldn't fit. But the thing is, like, the other shelf that was on the in the other corner of the room that was also yeah. was a big giant cabinet shelf uh, also didn't fit. I oh. had to, like, I had to, like, okay. I had to, like, take the screw. We have, like, a floating ceiling downstairs. And I just took the screws out of it and just pushed it into place and just raised it up a little bit. And I just, whatever. But they didn't say whatever. <laughs> So they put in, they just put in the floor the way. So uh, I, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, it was, it's saved, it saved us a ground, I suppose. Oh, but, okay. Well, but money's money. Money's money. But I'd rather sometimes you just want things to be done properly. And you can get a fancy burger tonight instead of a regular burger. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, get, get a gold pickle. leaf burger. Yeah, yeah, nice. And but it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Mine, because right right now I'm sort of tied up with the bathroom upstairs, and everything I'm doing right now I'm doing from like a a place of complete ignorance and inexperience. I have, I did do the bathroom downstairs a long time ago, but I have like no memory of anything that I did. Cause I, I did basically I did like half the drywall in that bathroom mm-hmm. because I left the rest of it up cause I didn't, didn't need to come out. So I just cut out the drywall that needed to come out. And then I, and I, so I, and I cut out half of the ceiling oh, okay. and I left the other part intact. Okay. And so when I, um, redid that, I just, I don't remember at all. I do remember that I sanded way too much. I had no <laughs> idea what to do. So I would like put, I would put on the, the, whatever they call it. There's a name for it, but I can't think of it now. The, the joint compound. I put on like the, the compound and stuff like that for the drywall. And then it would dry and I would sand it all off. Okay. And I would just sand it all off. Cause that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Like sand it smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not, you're not actually supposed to sand it. But anyway, I sanded it all. And it would all be gone. So I'd have to reapply it again. And then I would just sand it off again. So I kept doing that for like a week. And then I realized, this is not, I'm not doing this right. And this is before like YouTube. When I said, this is how long ago it was. So um, I think Mary was in grade eight when I was doing this. So I just started just putting it on and then just kind of smoothing it out with a, with a, with a you know, thing. <laughs> with a... Smooth it, smooth it in. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. But the, the trowel kind of thing that you use. Anyway, so I, I I smoothed it out and I didn't I stopped I stopped sanding it and I just figured out how to do it and actually it looks fine like like when I walk in there now and I'm hypercritical I look at it and I think well you can't tell that I you can't tell that it was me an incompetent boob who did this drywall like it's perfectly good like uh, my mom probably would go in there and go why is this like this but everyone else I don't think anyone would look you can't at it judge it by your mom's no favorite. no my mom is has an eagle eye for my, my errors so it's fine. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the upstairs when I'm I I've pretty much I've got all the I pretty much got all the drywall on. I have a little bit more to do. I just threw up a bunch last night because I wanted to. I was using the basement to cut it, 
the basement floor to cut it there and stuff like that. And now I don't want to be doing that on the, uh, the new flooring. So, so I decided to, I did as much as I needed to do last night. Cause I had the complicated, uh, one where I had to cut out all the holes for the pipes to come through and, and the, there's like a little weird thing that you open up for the drain pipe. I guess mm-hmm. in case there's pl- something to be is plugged up in it, you could open that up and insert a snake or whatever and sure. try and unplug it there. And so it's never been used in all the time I've ever oh, lived okay. in the house. So I'm not like super worried about it, but it's 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 accessible. But then we're putting a vanity in front of it. So I, I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> and so, yeah, then the bathroom water and all that stuff so th- that that was like the most complicated thing i had to do yesterday was like measure all that and then take those measurements and put them onto a, the drywall and then cut out the holes and then hope that your measurements were accurate and then you push it in and you're like why didn't i measured it and everything and now it's slightly everything's slightly a quarter inch the wrong direction like Ooh. nothing's quite centered it's fine they all fit in the holes yeah but it's just slightly off and you're like what why? Like I measured it all. Like I, I don't know. It's fine. It's it, they all fit, so it's I'm okay. And also, I'm gonna be tiling there anyway, so that it's all all those holes will be hidden behind tile eventually. So it's it's all good. So it's a it's only complicated because of me. So that's the real issue. You know, it's like I say at work when people come to me and there's like a problem with how things have been like where track is and stuff like that. You know, I said, you know, this system is perfect except for one thing, me. That's the one fly in the ointment here is me. I'm the one problem. Wow. I've pretty much learned mm-hmm. if there's a mistake that's been made, it's been made by me. The boxes never make mistakes. Right. The track has been 100% correct. So before before you were there, there was never any mistakes? No, no, there were mistakes. Just yeah. other people were making them. Ah, I'm good. doing my own. So I, you know, I'm, bringing my, okay. I'm bringing my own thing to it. All know? right. No, you got to be an individual. Yeah. I don't want to follow their mistakes. I'll, I'll make my own. Yeah, out. make your own mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do my own, do my own thing. I don't feel bad about them because, you know, they're mis- everyone makes mistakes. So like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not crying about it. I just, this is a good joke. Yeah. You're, I mean, read my Pobody's Nerfic hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. That's a, a bulletin board I had when I was a kid and it said stuff like that on it. Yeah. My parents bought it for me. I guess they thought, oh, this is so David. And it had like that motto, think. Yeah. But it said thimk instead of think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's weird stuff like that, right? It was sort of like Mad Magazine ish. I guess my parents said, oh, this is good. Sure. You know? It had like you know all these sort of little uh, motivational sayings, but they're all slightly wrong. And I just said, "Oh, this is this is David," and they're right. I thought it was great because yeah, it says "kill yourself" like three times. Yeah, well, That's my a weird parents, thing to get from yeah, my parents. my parents were a little dark. And then underneath, "Do it for real." <laughs> we're serious. Well, That's strange. <laughs> I don't know. That's they had the a, funniest they, thing in the they're world. They're from the 50s. They had a bit of a sixth sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Of course you, they did. Yeah. yeah. You know. You heard about Lenny Bruce, the sick comedian. You know, yeah. He was sick. Yeah. Jules Pfeiffer, another sick guy. Sick, sick, sick. Mad Magazine, sick humor. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, they spelled think right. So that's good. <laughs> I don't know if they did. They did. Did they? Yeah. Think. Uh, that was what they would have on the back of the magazine. Quite often, they would have like think. Yeah. Uh, it was a saying by like the guy who was ran IBM or something like that. Was, it was like he had a saying. Like, oh, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you um, talking about Steve Jobs? He did not run different. He did not run IBM. No, but yeah, is that what you're saying? No, no, it was like the 50s that the, the, the saying think came from. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I remember like uh, Jean Garofalo was saying how she has a think on her arm and mm. it's the from Mad Magazine. Okay. It was like such an influence huh. on her. They were borrowing, they were being ironic with the phrase that was created by... The guy who ran IBM or someplace like that. Could be. Or maybe they were just taking it. Yoink. 
They're just <laughs> stealing it. Stealing it. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, she she had an article recently in like some New York magazine about uh, how she never sold out, and it was like uh, sell out then, sell out a little bit. It's fun. Is that like out. a bit? She was bitter that she never sold out. No, she. I guess it was proud. She also didn't really want to have an, an article about her, but they, you know, were able to do it, and uh, you know, that was like a point of pride with her that she never sold out. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I guess so. That's fine, you know. But then think about all the stand-ups that you like. Uh, okay, and did they sell out to any degree? Yeah. yeah. Did it hurt their act? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Got to make the money where you can. Yep. Uh, so, David. Yes, sir. You sent me some songs in the mail. Yes, <laughs> I did. And I went like, what are you, the Columbia Music House? Ah, uh, yeah. And then you said, give me a penny. And the I British went, Columbia okay. Music House. Yeah. So I gave you a penny, mm-hmm. and then you sent me uh, a bunch more songs. <laughs> and then you went like, okay, now pay me full price. Yeah. And I went, what? Wait, whoa, yeah. whoa. Such the collections. Yeah, it was like Columbia M- Music House rules. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, but uh, what was up with that? What was up with those songs? <laughs> well, I maybe you. I guess I should, maybe should have sent a memo mm-hmm. uh, for to our Sneaky Dragon staff that I'm going to be doing the top five songs for the next little while. Oh, okay. And so, so you didn't send that to Gloria in accounting. I I sent a memo to Gloria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Didn't you? But I she's think got a, I, well, you got a double invoice for it. <laughs> well, she does a lot of double entry. Yeah. So oh, anyway. <laughs> I don't like anything about this. <laughs> well, it's an accounting term, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's, so it's it better ins- be. Everything in a world. you got to talk to uh, Gloria and HR. It's, it's when someone... It's a different Gloria. It's when someone has like a shadow account, like a shadow account, where like yeah. one is the one that uh-huh. the tax man sees and the right. other one is, sure. you know, like the true, yeah. the actual books. Uh-huh. Those are double entries. Yeah. It's an accounting term. Yeah, that's fine. It's an yeah. accounting term. So it's an accounting term. Yeah. Get to music quick. <laughs> Something so you'll see on Pornhub. Yep. Anyway, so I brought... Again, HR just wants to have a word after the show. HR Puffin Stuff is coming right. to talk to me. I don't like the things you said. <laughs> Fuck you, HR Puffin Stuff. And sometimes I get Jack Wild. <laughs> Uh-oh, wait. <laughs> Wildly Jack. That's the name of the character. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jack Wild was on uh, HR Puffin Stuff. <laughs> All right. So... Anyway, so yes. But I'm getting nowhere. Do you know why? Do you know why I'm not getting nowhere with Jack Wild? Why why are you getting nowhere with Jack Wild? He's an artful dodger. (laughs) Oh, what a twist. So, That's nice. Good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) That's why they pay me the big bucks. That's nice. So I'm yeah, please invoice for that, by the way. I will. Gloria and I will send that to Gloria. Yeah, but I'll don't send do the double entry. I'm not going to ask anything about double entry. That's entirely her, her personal preferences. That's her private life. Nothing to do with me. I don't want anyone to know anything about it. Dave, <sighs> dig up. I hate when she's. I hate when she sends pictures, shows, emails pictures of her and her husband on, on vacations. Anyhow, I'm sorry that I didn't send you the memo, but we are doing top five songs. And this week... Uh-huh. As suggested, as per suggestion, as per the suggestion Themed. of Chris Roberts, mm-hmm. who said, Dave, you've never done sports before. I've never done sports songs uh-huh. before. This is an actual quote that I'm making up. He said, Dave, you have never in your life done a top five sports songs. And I challenge you. This is Chris Roberts talking. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. I challenge you. This is a Scottish, what's called the Scottish fling, where you fling down the challenge. Okay. I challenge you to do top five songs about sports. Oh. Okay. And I and I pointed out to, to Chris last week that I've actually already done right. 
five sports songs, which at that time I found incredibly difficult. Wait, you've already done it? So would you say, Dave, Yes. this is what you call a double, a double entry? <laughs> yes. Hey, we had we talked about this, guys. Stop doing the jokes about the... <laughs> so um, I, I, found, I found five more sports songs okay. for this week's double entry. Of, okay. Or part two, if you prefer, of our volume two of... Dave's top five sports songs. Let me just say that I mentioned this at work today, and so my, and and one of my workmates got very excited about this and said, "Oh, I got to hear these songs. What are these songs?" And so I played them the songs, and they didn't like a single one of them. Oh, and because they weren't. This is what, the reason they didn't like them was they're they're not John Fogarty's Centerfield. They're not Tom Cochran's right. whatever that song is called. Centerfield. Big League. Do you say? I can't tell the difference between Big Leaf and Centerfield. Like if if you were to tell me those were the same songs, Bigly, yeah, as Tom Cochran. Okay, I would say Centerfield, same song. To John me. Fogarty. I think they are basically hundred percent. Those are the same song to me. Yeah, yeah. Except the Tom gonna be Centerfield. My boy's gonna play in the big league. He's <laughs> gonna play Centerfield. Centerfield. He's a big league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same yeah, song. It's the same. But except for the the John Fogarty one. Yeah. Has the better opening like riff. Cuz it has that do 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a it's a better riff. Right. And what uh Tom Cock the Tom Cochran starts singing that and people do this. Do life is a highway. We want to roll it one more time. So Yell Vancouver. So yeah, so anyway, so prepare for disappointment is what I'm telling the sneakers. But this week's as Suggested by our friendly listener, Chris Roberts. Mm-hmm. Top five sports songs, part two. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me just open up my notes. Our first one, mm-hmm. our first song. You'll also notice that I chose um, five different sports mm-hmm. for this for this uh, week's top five songs. So the first song is by an 80s band that's very close, very dear to my heart. I particular, particularly love this album. And uh, this is Prefab Sprout. From their first album, Swoon, that came out in 1984, uh, it's called I Never Play Basketball Now. <laughs> and, I like the title. Yeah. And uh, what I like, when you listen to the song, what I like is how the sound of the basketball becomes the sound of the drums. I think that's kind of clever, cleverly edited there. And uh, I don't think the song has much to do with basketball other than that he doesn't play basketball anymore, but that's fine. I don't want songs singing about people playing basketball. That's just so... Mm-hmm. But let's uh, let's give it a listen. This is a preface for everyone. Here we go. After that laugh 
fencing falls and lovely girls I'll never kiss Leave it behind on an overcrowded desk Where the entrails hide and the out ever will be Before the tea rooms fill with flirting couples call Remember to call like a river give them a tip here a tip it's yes. a very important tip sure which is if you're going to have a real long intro to your song yeah uh a podcast is going to steal it and use it as their uh, theme music <laughs> i don't know how i know that yeah just say i know that uh but i really i i like uh prefab sprout a lot and yeah I, and this is no different i've never heard this one before and okay. i appreciate you uh play it for it real smooth uh fun I, enjoyable. I, you probably know Prefab Sprout best for for their song hot, hot the, the King of Rock and Roll, yeah, yeah. Which actually to me is like the, the not as exciting stuff. Like I prefer this period when they first sure. started, and they're kind of kooky rather than they kind of got smoothed out for that. I do like that stuff still, right. but but this is like for me like you know I was. But this is this is uh, the classic. Uh, it's kind of quirky. This is the classic Dave music thing for me. Yeah. Which is uh, you know. Uh, Hey, how about this band? Oh yeah, I love this song. Oh, actually, that's my least favorite song they've ever done. Uh, but uh, you know, it's still it's still fine. Yeah, but, it's fine. Like, but uh, I, I prefer you I'm know just their saying, uh, yeah. good period. And I'm, I'm like, not oh, saying, okay. Well, what yeah. I'm going to do is uh, stand over here. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm just saying, like I understand, like that's their really like their their height of their their success yeah. is, is that. And I know it from uh, Space, which is one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Shows. yeah. It's great, and they have they it's it has the uh, fun. Uh, Mondegreen of uh, have a of have a cookie rather than Albuquerque in the actual yeah. song, which is also great because that's obviously like a, a actual experience of lots of people of that time period of England 
if you grew up with that song, you misheard those lyrics because they right. don't make any sense. So, of course, you don't know what Albuquerque is because you didn't have Bugs Bunny either. And most, yeah. So you're going to think of Have a Cookie. It's, that's what it sounds like. And it's a fun uh, video if you get to see the video. It, oh, there's a video to the song. There's a video to oh, uh, cool. that one, King cool. Rock and Roll. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Um, all right. Let us move onwards or sideways, as you prefer. Sure, sure. So at a diagonal, let's, I, uh, let's uh, be a bishop. Okay, let's go to yeah. Bishop. We'll, do, we'll bishop this. Yeah. So, excuse me one second. No, that's no, fine. This is a... Uh, I have two Canadian acts, so I doubled the CanCon on this week's top five. Wait a second, so this is another double entry? This is another, another double entry. Oh, double entre? Double entre. That's what they say en français? Yes. That's how I used to say it back when I lived in Montreal before I uh, mm. fucked around with the FLQ. Yeah. God damn it, why'd I say that again? <laughs> <laughs> What's, oh, I'm terrible at this witness protection stuff. Yeah. I'm awful at it. This is, well, this is what I used to say when I used to go to the sixth island of Hawaii. Oh? So we say there, double entree. What? Uh, so this is no fun. Our friends Now, no wait fun. a minute. What? Wait a second. What's Hold your beans. <laughs> That's the name of the band uh, from uh, David M. And he's been on the show. He's done, he's written songs for us. Yes, he has. He's a friend of the show. He's a legitimate friend of the he's show. He's a legitimate, actual friend. He's actually, he may even... Call him a pal of the show. And you're telling me mm-hmm. that you have a song from from him. Yes. About sports? Yes. Well, this I'd like to hear. Okay. Well, then that's that's good. You should hear it. Okay. And I just want to say before the song starts that what I like the song, but what really elevates this song for me, oops, what really mm-hmm. elevates this song for me is, uh, okay, so when I was growing up, my I didn't have this game, but my friend had a, a toy. It was a football game that came with little plastic records kind of like records and you would insert them into this player and it would create a scenario of a football game and so you would either gain or lose yards depending on what you inserted as the defense and what the person inserted as the offense yeah it was really cool it was like a mattel game it was a football game and uh you're gonna look it up i'm sure gonna look this up all right so let's listen to this so so when i first heard this song uh it was like so fantastic that someone would think to incorporate that toy into a into a rock and roll song. So this is football by No Fun. Let's give it a listen, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hi, and we're back. Okay, first of all, that was my favorite song of the bunch. Okay, that's cool. I uh, very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about here yeah. is called, uh, it's Mattel. Good call on that. Yeah. It's Mattel. Uh, it is the Mattel Talking Football Game. Yes, it was Talking Football. Yeah, actually. 96 different plays, real play-by-play mm-hmm. strategy. You're the mm-hmm. quarterback, call the play. Opposition plans the defense, then hear the play in action. Yeah, so you would each make a choice of, of, of plays, and then you would see if you're play would counter which basically what football does as well because when in football you don't know what formation the other team is going to to take as the uh, as the attacking team as the uh, as the offense and so you create a defense my jaw is on the floor as to this game (laughs) you created you create a defense that you hope will counter that attack that the offense is planning okay there was two games there was one that came out in like 78 and there was one that came out in 74 the one that came oh sorry in 77 the 70 the 77 version yeah uh was abc sports they branded it oh i see i see um so i don't remember that i it probably was 77 though because i do i was pretty young when it okay uh, well i'm sending you (laughs) uh the ad for it okay and we're gonna put that up on the board because we want to do that because this is a hell of a thing i don't understand how this works i don't understand how you put two records together and like how they they well they would they would i don't think they i don't remember how i don't remember how they would interact i don't remember how it worked yeah i think it is i think you just key keyed in a pre pre play like planned thing inside the machine that then played like a loop of of the play so on the on the disc it had like the the um had little like knobs on it that were at particular locations and they must have like keyed in something that way. Right. I'm not that This is a heck of a thing. No, you <laughs> I mean listen. Yeah. I love I I love this uh this uh, music thing you're doing. Yeah. It's great and I hope I hope you kids keep keep it up. It's all groovy. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh what the hell is this thing you're talking about? You've distracted <laughs> me with little records that like let you play football. Yeah. Like you've now got me interested in football. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I don't want to I sure, don't want to interrupt. That's fine. That's fine. I, uh, I so, wish everyone the best. <laughs> I just uh, want to say that this is for, this is the original version of No Fun. This was No Fun with David M uh the drummer he drummed in the group and played guitar and then uh, his friend jim hamlin on bass and then another friend dan veer on guitar i'm not too sure who wrote the song because all my information is in storage right now but uh it's a lot of fun sometime in their in their mid-70s period mm-hmm. recorded you know recorded in david's parents basement on on the four track that he bought uh to have fun with and uh yeah it's a great song a lot of good a lot of good fun okay Let's go to our third song, everybody. Okay. Our third song of our top five sports songs. This so is what's up with this one, Dave? <laughs> Tell me more. Sure. Well, you look distractedly at your computer. This is The Intruders. Okay. Uh, from 1968. This is uh, Love is Like a Baseball Game. Yeah. So, oh, people are, oh you must be sending me more information. Well, wait a second. I, heard, I thought that love was like a butterfly. I was going to say that. It's not like a butterfly. Love is like a baseball game. Huh. Yeah, because I've heard I've heard the opposite. I know, you, and I'm assuming baseball is the opposite of a butterfly. Actually, though, "Love Is Like a Butterfly" came out after this song, so I guess it preempts "Love Is Like oh. a Baseball Game." This song came out in '68. "Love Is Like a Butterfly" came out like in the early mid, early to mid '70s. Wow. Well, then, then "Love Is Like a Butterfly" can go to hell. <laughs> Let's hear this song. All right, this is uh, the Intruders from their. I guess it was a single, but let's just say it's from their album "Cowboys to Girls," which was their big hit song. This is from 1968. This is. The song by them. Let's listen to it. Here, here it comes. Love is just like a baseball game. 
surprise I found I didn't hit none Through her love so fast She put me in a day Never knew that love Could come so many ways Like what? She took me by surprise Right in front of my Oh, I was out without a doubt So this had the lyric, uh, uh, thought I hit a love run. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So yeah. look, yeah. I prefer the no fun song. Yes. Uh, football. Yeah. Uh, but this has the best lyric. Mm. Thought yeah. I hit a love run. Yeah. It's really stretch. This is like, this song could also be called stretching an analogy. Because <laughs> it really, it really takes it and runs with Ugh. it. <laughs> I don't like hearing that. Don't want to hear that? How about, how about, I heard how about, someone was stretching their analogy. <laughs> Well, you know, these double and entries. I, just, I, I misheard it at first, and it sounded like something I'd be interested in. Oh, HR, get out of here. Yeah, your HR. <laughs> Why do we hire that guy? I, I don't that know. That was our choice. Like, we, went through a, a, we went through a long vetting process. Someone left a witchy poo on my desk. <laughs> well, you deserve it. I did. Something I ate. Uh, so let's go on to our fourth song, everyone. Right. There's only so much you can say about the intruders. You know what? They were one of the first groups produced by Gamble and Huff who later went on to create the whole Philly Soul scene with the OJs and and uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and all those groups. Okay. It's a very odd song. It is odd. It is odd. Like I say, it really... It reminded me of like a, a George Carlin bit about the difference <laughs> between baseball and football. Yeah, sure. It was those kind of like yeah, odd yeah, yeah. puns. And they just, yeah, they really, really, really work it into the ground. Thought I had a love run. <laughs> <laughs> you all just right. want to go home. Okay. Let's, uh, well, someone who really was influenced by Lenny Bruce. <gasps> yep. Let's, let's go to our next CanCon entry. Okay. 
This is uh, Jane Sibbery mm-hmm. from her 1989 album, Bound by the Beauty. This is Hockey. Uh, she kind of has a bit of a Joni Mitchell thing going on in her, with her sure. styles and stuff like that. Yeah, she yeah. draws on that. that. I like that she's uh, Canadian and she's singing about hockey. This is all on brand. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of fun because it's not like a, as my friend was disappointed by, it, it's not like a rip roaring song. It's more like a rumination, a, a well, nostalgic. Yeah, Rumination. your friend is like, going, here comes a hockey song. Yeah. Hey, yeah, okay. Well, here comes some stomping Tom Connors. Yeah, nope. Yeah, he wanted he wanted like music that was going to fire him up because he's playing a, a hockey game tonight. And so he wanted music that would fire him up, and I'm like, well, that's not what these songs are. These songs are, you know, first they're chosen by me, oddball. Yeah, but also, what's that song? Is there a, is there a song called Hockey Monkey by uh, uh, James Kolchaka? I Am I know. thinking? Okay, I'm gonna look that up. Sure, while, you look uh, it up while we'll, we do this. Let's but, uh, play, play some Jane Sibbery because I love Jane Sibbery. Yeah, let's play some hockey and uh, play some hockey. Get it? And uh, we'll be right back. Here's Jane Sibbery.
Hi, we're back. I always forget how much I love Jane Sibri. Yes. But I love Jane Sibri. She's really good. Yeah. Really good. She had like a great a great stretch of albums during the, the mid to late 80s. And I don't know what I don't know what happened. Um I'll say one of my favorite things she did. There's lots of songs, of course, Meet Me on the Beach. Yeah. Uh You Don't Need Anybody. The song uh, Bound by the Beauty is a great song. Uh and here's the one that people will not what? Wait, wait. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, I really want to get... Because she's saying the theme to a TV show. Yeah, that's right. Maniac Mansion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird, it's a weird fun song. It is a weird thing on her credit as well. Like it's so But so Canadian, because Joe Flaherty... Like, it's a Canadian show. It's a Canadian uh, show. show, yeah, yeah. By the way, if you have not seen Maniac Mansion, the uh, and you go like, oh, I know the video game. Nope, not at all. Like that, though, <laughs> yeah. based on it, but yeah. nope, not at all. Uh, it's uh, worth a watch, and if nothing else, it's worth a watch just to see the theme song on YouTube. Yeah, I wish that it had. Uh, my favorite episode of it was they did a parody of Cape Fear. Mm. It is so good. It's such a great parody of Cape Fear. Joe Flaherty. Mm-hmm. So many things. Yeah. So many great things. Yeah. So many great great things. <laughs> James Kolchak. James Kolchaka, who uh, does a comic strip called, I believe, American Elf. Yes. I think. I think he stopped uh, that, but he did do that for me. All right, time. good good on him. But had a song called Hockey Monkey uh, that was him and the Zambonis. Mm. And it's a very... Your friend yes. would enjoy Hockey Monkey okay. as a song to uh, get himself Get geared juiced. up. Yeah. Yeah. Get have me. you ever heard of Hockey Monkey? I have not. All right, I'll play it for I you later on. I don't know James Kachalka's music. I know his comics. Yep. But not his music. All right, I will play it for you later on. All right, let's wrap up our, our top five, everyone, with, with uh, Morrissey. Mm. Morrissey, kind of in the middle, the midpoint of his career, I would say, just just about to like tank his career. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I mean, he had like a great run of singles and albums. Yeah. And then he did. Made uh, some then he did Maladjusted, and it kind of it's kind of a tune tuneless album. I think he kind of got thrown by um, uh, Southpaw Gram- Southpaw Grammar not doing better than it did. Now, that was a really great album, like a really great album, and it uh, ta- it tanked. And then I think he kind of didn't know what to do after that. And then he yeah. did Maladjusted, and it, his career kind of petered out, and then he came back a few years ago, or maybe not a few years ago, like a few decades ago. <laughs> he did a comeback, and then, but uh, I don't know, he never really cap- recaptured the glory days of the days when you could walk into the lo- your, your local import record store and find a new single by Morrissey. Because there was a period where he wasn't putting out albums. He would just put out singles. There's like a whole run of singles that come from like Interesting Drug and Last of the Famous International Playboys and all those albums like that, that are singles. They just came out as only as singles. And they were fun because they would have three songs on them. They would like, and they're still kind of expensive because they're imports, but but it was just like, so great. What a time. Uh, So let's listen to Boxers. Get it? Boxing. That's our fifth sport. And this came out in 1995 on Parlophone, Parlophone Records. And it had, I bought the CD single, because that was, that seemed like the way to do it in those days, because you got, you got three songs if you bought the CD single. So it came with Have a Go Merchant and Whatever Happens, I Love You as the B-side of this. But uh, let's give a listen. 
two boxers, everyone. Here we go. Losing in front of your home crowd You wish the ground Would open up and take you down And will time never pass? Will time never pass for us? Your weary wife is walking away Your nephew is true Well, he thinks The world of you and I have to close my eyes The sound, the smell and the spray You will take them all away And they'll stay till the grave Your weary wife is walking away Your nephew is true when he thinks The world of you and I have to close my eyes is who you want when you want to have Morrissey. There you go. If you want but more Morrissey. That's all the... I mean, Morrissey is Morrissey. Yeah. If you like it, that's... There you go. That's yeah. the Morrissey for you. If you like the Smiths, you will also like Morrissey, yeah. I feel like. And if you don't look at like what he's talked about you know, in the last couple of years. You're yeah, fine. I don't want to know that stuff. You don't stuff. want to know that's that stuff. Not... You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, we talked about Doctor Strange played with Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch played a good version of Morrissey on The Simpsons. So there you go. <laughs> so you can enjoy that as well. And sure. I think he might have sang as Morrissey, oh, cool. uh, a Morrissey-esque character cool. as well. So good on him. What's interesting about Morrissey to me is that 
the way that he creates songs is like when he was in the Smiths, Johnny Marr would create like a a track, like a a demo track or whatever with with his with a song with like the the melody and stuff like that or whatever he's created right. the chord structure and stuff like that. And same with like his later albums, he had like a, a group of collaborators that would work with him and they would provide him with like a song bed. Like, so, mm. and then he would create his part of it by himself over top of that. And so he, but he might like take your verse, what you thought of as the verse and make it into the chorus. Oh, okay. You know, and, or he might just drop the bridge out entirely. You know, he would just create the song in his own way because he had no idea what you wanted you know, he's just going off what your chords are and he'll like sing over it and create the song from there and add the lyrics and whatnot. And I think it's kind of interesting. It's it's really, it's collaborative, but not collaborative at the same time. It's a, it's an interesting kind of situation. But yes, he's been controversial. But you know what's not controversial? Well, some of his music is controversial as well. <sighs> you know, just listen to what you like. You don't have to buy his nonsense. No. And if you don't like him, send him over to me, to HR. <laughs> and what do you do? What? What will you do? That's none of your business. Oh, okay. That's between me and the Smiths <laughs> and the Joneses. Too true. Can All right. Keep up with it. So them. there you go. Thank you, Chris, for suggesting that. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, HR Puffet Stuff, for being uh, available to do our bit. I didn't think I could do it. What? I'll be honest. Sports? When he suggested it last week, I was like, oh, I had so much trouble doing the last one, the first time I did the sports one, that I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to... Uh, no, it's not going to work. I, I just I, then suddenly like songs are like, oh, what about this song? What about this song, Dave? What about this song? I was like, oh, okay. That's a very sportsish uh, situation. He thought he couldn't do it. Yeah, and he was like, at the last, I can't. Last I can't. minute. No, wait, I can do the very last second. And the very last second. Double entry. Yay! Oh. <laughs> so last week we uh, asked some questions. We asked like, what's the best movie monster? Mm. That's a good question, eh? Is it's it good for me? Is it it's good for me asking right. that question? And then uh, you followed up with, I'm going to just ask HR to say this one. HR, can you read what the other question is? Sure. <laughs> What's the sexiest animal character? Thanks, HR. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's Actually, the, sex- the original question was just to, to rank, like to rate, Sexy. in terms of hotness of Madame Bianca from uh, The Rescuers. But you you made it generic. Okay. I'm, I'm a little outraged by it still. All right. I feel like wanna, we sold out. If you want to rank uh, Mrs. Bianca... Uh, and that could be, or Miss Bianca, uh, from either the rescuers or the rescuers down under. You know what that means. Uh, me and, me and Janine Garofalo were very similar. We've never sold out. Yep. You know, I'm so I am so pure. Mm-hmm. I've never even been asked to sell out. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's not true. Um, we occasionally get emails, but they're spam emails. So they're like, <laughs> "Hey, join our cult." Um, Louise. Uh, oh, Louise. I had nice tea with Louise this week. Nice. Uh, very nice. Oh, uh, you should refresh your thingy. Oh, I was. you know what? I was going to say it was very refreshing having uh, tea with Louise, and you said I should refresh uh, things. So now I'm refreshing them as best I can. Refresh! Come on, refresh. Do it. Do it! Refresh. Uh, I'm not getting anything uh, new. Is uh, is uh, Billy the, the newest one for you? I think that uh, Louise has responded, has replied to someone. Oh, okay. Fun thing. So you'll you'll get to it. I will uh, attempt this to just read attempt. in order, and Why you will is get this there. Not yeah. For some reason, uh, this is not refreshing. Let me try a different way here. Did I use up too much internet, and the internet just went stop it? <laughs> yes. It just went just went stop it. Knock it off. Oh, there we go. Okay, you're right. There was an additional uh, Louise thing. It was because everyone loved Louise's uh, 
uh, comment. All right, so Louise writes, uh, for sheer terror, the best movie monster is the alien alien. It doesn't want to just want to eat you like the Jaws shark. It's got a special use for you. <laughs> the documentary Memory, The Origins of Alien, says the movie taps into men's subconscious fear of being penetrated. Hmm. Being in danger of becoming an incubator for a life form which can kill you as it's being born. Welcome to our world, guys. Uh, recently, uh, the Star Trek Strange New World writers liked the idea so much, they retconned it as a rep- uh, reproductive stage in the Gorn aliens to make them even more horrifying. <laughs> On the original series, the Gorn captain is the slow guy in the cheap lizard suit that Kirk fights. Yeah. That's the guy that makes slee stacks look tough. <laughs> but that was a really scary episode. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Did what? you see it? Arena? No. Oh. The new uh, one, Strange New World. Oh, okay. No, I have not been watching They've rebooted yet, so. the Gorn. I'll give it a... I'll, Gorn or Scary. I'll make a point of watching that one episode. It's a good... No, it's a good series. You should watch the series. For... I think you'd like it. For sexiest male animated character, I'm going to go with the smoldering roguish thief, <laughs> Flynn Rider from Tangled. He's voiced by Zachary Levi, post-chuck, pre-shazam. <laughs> Apparently, the Disney animators consulted women about his design in the focus group. Oh. They called a hot man meeting. I've been at one of those. Get out of here, HR. Your segment's done. <laughs> I also <laughs> I also think uh, Diego, the saber-toothed tiger from the Ice Age movies, is kind of hot in a beastly way. Mm. Don't judge me. Dennis Leary <laughs> does great vocal work in a classic predator to friends role. That's what you want. It's someone you're going out with. Yeah. Predator to friends. Yeah. Okay. Edward Dragansky replies, Sheer terror does indeed define the xenomorph from Alien, even though I wasn't allowed to watch those films when I was young, so I never got the full initial effect of terror. (laughs) Jaws, either. Both are great candidates for movie monsters and firmly cemented in film culture. Uh, Redesigning the Gorn was an interesting avenue to take on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but it wasn't the first time that species has undergone a terrifying makeover. I worked on the promotion and collectible concepts, for the Star Trek video game back in 2013, based on the Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto versions of Kirk and Spock, the Gorn were very much the horrific feral creatures we saw in Strange New Worlds, which made for a much more exciting game. Part of me uh, was wanting a, a sub-game you could play. It was Shatner's Gorn as a joke, but that was too much to ask for. The game was a bit of a flop anyway, and fun to work on nonetheless. As for what's next on Strange New Worlds... I wait now until season two for how they treat the Klingons. Are you a Star Trek fan, Louise? Okay, before Louise uh, answers that, uh, two things. One, um, the Gorn were also brought back on Enterprise, I believe, and were like uh, done all CGI style. And uh, okay, but they were just like lizardy lizards and and whatnot. And uh, and something uh, I remember was uh, they wouldn't show you what the alien looked like in Alien. They kept that real secret oh, yeah. and they were able to. Yeah. And so it was like, don't tell anyone what it looks like. Don't tell <laughs> anyone what the alien looks like. And it was uh, it was nice. It was a nice little uh, zippity-ding bit. And when I finally saw what the alien looked like in like a movie magazine or something, uh, it was like, jeez. But it's just so interesting to have like a monster and not show what the monster is in your movie. Louise replies, Ed, I would say I'm a Trek fan, but not a hardcore one. I don't speak Klingon, nor do I have a Starfleet uniform in my closet. I ditched out on Voyager and Enterprise, but returned for all the other series and movies. But I did have some Vulcan ears at one point and put on a Lieutenant I Hear You costume for a photo during our run of Star Trek, the (laughs) musical spoof. 
Yeah, Louise was a co-writer of uh, Star Trek The Musical, which was a local uh, comedy improv uh, musical show that was also partly scripted. Uh, that was a hit in Vancouver and was one of my first kind of uh, improv shows that I did. And I played uh, the Scotty character whose name was my own name. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, very fun. Dave uh, came to see it and just went, boo. <laughs> so nerds. You're all nerds. <laughs> Edward uh, continues. Greetings for what feels like a bonfire outside during the day and temperatures in the 90s all night long. Our record for uh, days over 100 degrees is 42 days in 1980. The days without rainfall was set in 2000 at 55 days without any precipitation. I don't think we're uh, near breaking either of those records, but it's the deadliest part of summer here, and August just gets worse. I'll cool things off with some refreshing answers to this week's questions. Okay, please do. I wish I could send you some freezies in the the mail. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, Our neighbor uh, gave us some ice cream, and I gave him some freezies, and he was uh, delighted to have freezies. We got some nice... Big freezies upstairs. It's so good. Uh, I wish I could send them to you. Anyway, <laughs> it's terribly subjective when you ask anyone who the best movie monster is. I uh, I asked uh, two co-workers, and one said the Kraken, and the other said Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Hockey like thing? I said, subjective and both from the sea. It feels like they could go out. Yes. Kraken and uh, Ursula. Let's get Kraken. Um, yeah, yeah. Ursula with like uh, her uh, poor, unfortunate souls. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, objectively, isn't Godzilla named King of the Monsters? Well, that's true, but who named him that? Yeah. Is it a self-gloss? Yeah, that's the thing. Also, you know who else is named King? Kong. Yeah. Uh, if you read Love Lovecraft, uh, maybe it's uh, Cthulhu. For Stephen King fans, maybe it's Pennywise. Giving it some thought, I decided to go way back to the beginning and pick Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> uh, Boris Karloff is probably the image that first comes to mind. But the sustainable imagination Frankenstein creation, Frankenstein's creation was in our culture is still going strong and without end. I treasure the Bernie Wrightson depiction of Mary Shelley's story just as much as I enjoy Kenneth Branagh's uh, film from 1994. I still enjoy uh, what they can do with the Frankenstein story and characters. It's like picking Superman as the best superhero of all time. You just start at the beginning and consider all the interpretations that follow. Hey, did you ever see... You didn't say hey, but I'm uh, pepping it up. Hey! (laughs) Did you ever see Roger Corman's Frankenstein Unbound? I did not. Did you? No. Okay. It mixes the classic story with time travel. Okay, you got me. And is about as good as a Corman film can get. But I do love the guy. Seriously, have you ever seen a photo of Corman when he isn't smiling? He loves what he does. And at 94, he's still alive to tell about it. Love him. And, you know, when he passes away, they're going to make him into a Frankenstein creature. <laughs> I read his autobiography, uh, Roger Corman's autobiography. What was it called? Oh, I can't remember now. It has it's something to do with being cheap. Okay. Uh, we covered sexy cartoon characters a while back because I remember writing in with Jessica Rabbit, voiced by Kathleen Turner. And my first pick uh, with uh, Colette Tattoo, voiced by Janine Groffalo from Ratatouille as a close second. Oh. Another reference to Wait Jean a second. Garofalo. What? I don't know. I think she sold out with yeah. Ratatouille? Yeah. Nah, I think it's fine. They were still Art House then. Disney. I still uh, stand by those two, but guess if I had to round it out as a trio, I'd pick Velma Dinkley. I mean, have you guys seen some of the Velma cosplay out there? Behind those glasses, the page boy haircut and orange turtleneck is a really groovy gal. Was she Shaggy's girlfriend? I never really figured that out, but I like Velma. She's a keeper. 
and a ghost chaser. Uh, she did date him in the most recent series, or the second most recent series. Hmm. And it was a good series, too. I'm trying to remember what the what the name of it was, but it was uh, very funny. Uh, Patrick Warburton was in it as well. Uh, I'd appreciate my fellow sneakers helping me out with the heat down here, as well as all the recent hot spots around the globe. Prayers, rain dance, weather manipulation technology, <laughs> our mutant powers, anything will do. We're sending cold thoughts. Yes. Cold shoulders and cold thoughts to yes, you. Yes, we're giving you the cold shoulder. Uh, did you guys know also uh, that if you click on uh, my name above, uh, the bold and brown one, it'll take you to my new portfolio site. I've started. Yes, and it would look great. So go to SneakyDragon.com. Go to our message boards. Look up Edward Draganski because he does comment a bit. Click on his name and go to somewhere fun and see some really cool art. So uh, please do. I'll have to try that. Uh, and then uh, we got a little, uh, little what? How condescending am I? A note from uh, Billy saying, uh, hello all. Louise, I think you might have the winner. The alien might be the best monster ever. Ed, Frankenstein's monster is a classic, of course, and also elicits sympathy in addition to terror. <laughs> I'll throw in John Carpenter's thing, like Ridley Scott's alien. It uses human bodies, a horrifying thought. But I suppose it's the morphing uh, creature scenes that stick in the memory. I'll never forget the autopsy scene. Oof. Yes, indeed. Um, there was a uh, comic book yep. uh, alien story written by Jim Woodring. Okay. okay. Yeah. I remember that. And it was kind of from the perspective of a person who was uh, captured by an alien queen yeah. and was waiting on uh, bad things to happen. Yes. Um, but was not, I think, uh, stuffed yet with an alien. Yeah. Um, but uh, the alien uh, wanted to uh, make more humans, so was going to mate uh, him with a female. Okay. And the only female there, which the alien didn't know, was it was his mum. And it was like, oh, Jim Woodring, you've really... Oof. And I think like, he ends up <laughs> killing his mum instead of that happening. Okay. Yeah, and it was like, okay, how's Jim Woodring going to make this dark? Because it's going to get dark. <laughs> That's pretty dark. And uh, the movies are not going to do that. So. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so do we have any uh, emails or some such? Hey, we do. Tell me more. Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. All right. John Helbrooks writes. In fact, the subject is The Prodigal Returns. Oh, welcome. <laughs> I'm, sir, I, I'm going to go kill a fatted calf. Go kill a fatted calf, sir. Oh, they all slimmed down. Oh. Yeah, they've all been on Noom. <laughs> Sorry, John. Or because they're calves. Yeah. Moom. 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 Here we go. He says, hello, gentlemen. Apologies for my silence for the past few weeks. It's not because I wasn't listening. Rather, it's because in the summer, when I'm not teaching... I lose track of what day it is. Mm. For the last few weeks, I would remember to write to you each Friday when it was too late for your recording session. Mm. So this week, I'm writing it early so that I won't forget. Mm. Before I get to this week's uh, sorry, before I get to this week's questions, I have a couple of comments on episode five five zero. Uh oh, which was a delight, by the way, <sighs> and a few responses to earlier questions. Uh oh, one, I was happy to. <laughs> I was happy to hear of your enthusiasm for Chaucer, though I have not forgotten the context in which this came up. Since I spend a large percentage of my professional life teaching Chaucer mm. on both the undergraduate and graduate levels, the pen in me, the pedant, the pedant, pedant, man, I can't speak, the pedant in me, not pendant, <laughs> that's a, never mind, 
The pen is. Just keep going for like about 10 minutes. In me, however, must make a correction. Chaucer did not write in Old English. He wrote in Middle English. Oh. Oh, there you go. Well, it depends where you, it's all relative, isn't it? It's all old now. Compare the, uh, compare this, uh, sorry, compare his language to that of Beowulf and you will see the difference. Modern readers can cope with Chaucer's Middle English with some practice and with a well-glossed edition. Reading Old English, on the other hand, requires specialized training. I spent a semester of graduate school translating Beowulf. Good times. Two, at some point, again, I forget the context, you discussed Dances with Wolves, and I was reminded of Pauline Kael's review of that film when it came out. She wrote that Kevin Costner as director should be named Plays with Camera. I like it. I've never seen that movie. Mm. Three, I found a note that I made to myself respond to Louise re-persuasion. I now cannot remember what Louise said about persuasion. I will say, however, that the trailer for the new film looks terrible, as if they tried to make Anne Elliot into a stunted version of Elizabeth Bennet. Persuasion is such an interior novel, and Anne is such an introvert. And so I think it is probably the most difficult of Austen's novels to adapt successfully, along with perhaps Mansfield Park. Yes, I think you could make a good argument that neither of those books has a really good adaptation. There's been a couple of versions of Persuasion attempted, and I don't think uh, they have succeeded entirely, but, you know, keep trying, folks. Uh, four, in episode 551, you asked, asked you asked about the word adaptation of a book. For me, it is no contest. That horrible Beowulf movie, <laughs> is it has nothing to do with a poem in any way. It is a travesty. Yeah, it's not very good. I watched it coming home on the, uh, I watched a bit of it coming home on the, uh, Airplane one time, I guess way back when. I think we're coming back from France, actually, so that's quite a while ago. So finally, this week's questions. For me, the best movie monster has to be from the first Alien movie. Okay. Utterly terrifying and brilliantly realized. It is probably the best, just because it is actually Alien. It doesn't look like us in any way, and it's, nope. it, it's unrecognizable. Yeah. And it has those, those teeth inside its teeth, which is weird. <laughs> it can bite you, then bite you again. Yeah, double bite. It's a double, double entry. <laughs> the sexiest animated character, Bugs in Drag. Just look at all of those hearts beating out of their chests in response. Yes. Well, I would have to say that Red Hot Riding Hood would probably be the truly the sexiest. I mean, those wolves, not only did their eyes fall out of their heads, but their teeth fell out of their heads, and their tongue rolled out like a red carpet. Yeah. They also flew, flapped their legs. There's a lot of reactions to those guys. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at a very dirty thought in my head that I'm not going to say out loud. Okay. Good job. Thanks for not saying it. <laughs> I know, HR. Yeah. Thank you, HR. Uh, John finishes by saying, have a great week, all of you beautiful sneakers, John. Oop, P.S. Oh, one oh. more thing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. In episode 550. out the door. I was trying yeah, to Yeah, like, you were going to get out of here. In 550, you recommended that a good place to start for a movie for a movie to the Marvel Universe would be Guardians of the Galaxy. I followed your advice and watched it, and it was good fun. I enjoyed the comedic aspects, though when occasionally the film seems to want to be taken seriously, I find that I cannot follow them there. In that respect, the aesthetic seems a bit confused, but I would have absolutely loved it when I was 12. Thank you, John. Next on our list, well, I think that's kind of the, the sort of, to me, like the goal of those films is like to be a good movie for 12-year-olds. Sure. That was Star Wars for me, you know, and I think that's like the ideal movie for of that sort. For you know? actual twelve-year-olds, or to take you back to that twelve-year-old uh, place, it's, it's, yes, you know, yes. and not necessarily like in a bad way, but in a like, ah, open, open yourself up, open your heart a little bit. Yeah. Yes, 
Um, oh, could you go back? I could. What? To what? episode 553, I believe. Okay, I can. I'm just setting you up for a little bit here. All right. I know you guys. Oh, sorry. Wait a second. What am I doing here? This is from, this is, thank you, John. Thank you. I'm sure I said thank you, but I'll say it one more time. Thank you, John, for taking the time to write. I know that uh, you're in a timeless universe right now, so it's, enjoy that while it lasts. Our next email is from Brent. This is idea for a sidecast. Oh, okay. Brent writes, I know you guys are sitting around hoping to do yet another podcast, though I thought I'd help you out with an idea. Okay. Dave was mentioning that if you want to know if a movie is good or not, don't consider the actors, consider the director. Okay. I'd love to hear a podcast that talked about a different director every week, and you're the perfect team to do it. And by team, I mean Dave, with Ian being the Zeppo Marx guy who says stuff like, really? And what do you mean, Dave? And fair enough. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for recognizing my value. (laughs) That was the best letter of the week, by the way. Yeah, exactly. My favorite. All right. And then we have have a letter from a cat. Zakira writes to say, uh, answer from Zakira, uh, bracket cat and bracket. Mm -hmm. Worst movie monster, Ben the Rat. He was just a bad guy. He tricked Willard. Yeah. Sub answer, 60s animal character, got to be Musette from Gay Puree. Okay. Or Laura Croft, Zakira. Who'd win in a fight between Musette and Ben? Musette. Okay, good. Or are you talking about just Ben, not Ben's swarm of other rats? Just Ben. Okay, yeah. So Musette. Ben was a very large rat. Mm-hmm. So, big, big guy. Yeah. Big dude. But Musette would knock him out with her sexiness and then eat him. Right. He'd, he'd be at the table, like, just hammering the table, going bang, 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 and the <laughs> eyes bowl out. Eyes and then when his tongue goes flop a dab she just, like, grabs the tongue with yeah. her uh, claws yeah. and just, like, flings him. <laughs> tears it out. Yeah, tears it out. Um, then she says... Zakira finishes by saying, P.S., I answered two weeks ago, but I must have been late. But it's never too late. So, Ian, is there a letter, a comment on our website from Zakira? Okay, let's see that. Zakira. So this is, uh, this is episode 553? Yeah, I think that would be it. All right, I'm looking. Uh, it might be 552. I might, I might be uh, off in my... Okay, well, that's not 553, is it, Dave? Well, I'm guessing. Ugh, okay, can... here we go. Let's look I, at I don't do math. I do 552. podcasts. All right, wait a second for crying I'm out. I'm waiting. Crying in the beer. <laughs> All right, hold it. Yeah. Yes, there's a thing from Zakira. Bracket, cat. Uh, episode 552 all right greetings podcast hosts nice show keep it up two treats answer of the week one a while ago what's his name put out a relaxing cat video to play upon our television for little zakira with a large screen it looked like those damn not cute mice were as big as me not cool dude man they're ugly Sub answer. Odd obsession. There's this two foot piece of white cotton twine around here that I have tried unsuccessfully to ignore. But it keeps showing up. Just when I think it has been bit within an inch of its stupid life, it pulls me back in. It's <laughs> very good. <laughs> Thank you, Zakira the cat. Mm-hmm. I like the voice you gave. I wish I thought of doing that. But I, I'm not a voice actor like you. I'm no, no. I'm just plain old Dave over here. No, I've got quite a wide variety of voices. They all sound similar to me. <laughs> Shut up, HR. No one asked you. Jeez. 
Well, I don't know why we hired that guy. We had so many possible applicants and went for a guy with a head like a hamburger. <laughs> Wait a minute. That could be something. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the okay, that's a lot. We, we can't even get into that. That's okay. Just, uh, we're not going to eat hamburgers if we talk about hamburgers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's it's over. yeah yeah but let's we gotta gotta formulate our questions you well, had one I, I you already had one. laid out one let's re- one question, let's which repeat was, it so people which will... is yeah. uh has there ever been a uh, stand-up comedy performance mm-hmm. by an actor not by a stand-up uh-huh. in a uh, television show or movie that you've uh believed that was and laughed yeah. at yeah yeah that's a good question that's good mine will be on the similar thing uh name a successful biopic hmm you know, especially one that doesn't... So Biodome. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's the pick of the bios. All right. Biodome. Scratch that. Name, yeah, no, name a successful biopic video game. What? Oh. Biodome. Not Biodome. Uh, Bioshock. Okay. All right. Okay. I was trying to think of an actual biographical video game. If there's any video games based on real... Uh, I guess... Oh, boy. That's interesting. Oh, man. Okay, you've got... All right, but go ahead. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. Uh, Let me just repeat that. Uh, Yes. Uh, Name a a movie that you think is a successful biopic that actually does a good job in telling the the life of its subject, which which I think Lenny fails at by not... And we talked a bit about uh, Elvis, uh, the movie. Yes, which I thought was a half of, of a great movie. And so it's pretty good, you know, and I think that Austin Butler does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. as Elvis in that film and that's you know that's definitely something that's that you don't always find I think that um, the guy from Kingsman does a great job in Rocketman as well I think he does a really good job but I don't think the movie is entirely successful I think uh, I think that he does a really good job as that character and I also thought the film was brave to be openly homosexual whereas um, Bohemian Rhapsody kind of puts it in a very coy way and kind of wants to have both wants to have both both uh, you know possibility that you know, maybe he's just a, he like women and men. You know, he wasn't a gay guy. He was just kind of like playing around and having fun. Oh, are you talk? Sorry, are you talking about Freddie Mercury? Yeah, yeah. No, he's bisexual. Freddie Mercury was bisexual. Mm, no, he was. Gay. No, he was bisexual. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the anyway. No, he was. Okay. No, there's no there's no question about right. that. What do you, what what's your what's your evidence for that? Well, I think that he was a person that hadn't really found himself when he was younger. Uh huh. Um, you know, so he had a relationship with a woman, uh-huh. but the relationship wasn't really sexual. It was very briefly, but there was more like a friendship and a kind of a convenient way for him to not have to talk about his sexuality. But I think that he was predominantly gay, that he was mostly interested in men and preferred men to women. And if you look at his romantic life, besides his one, you know, long time friendship with a woman, um, all of his romances, for the most part, were men. But he was a bit of a, he did like to play, he did like to have fun with everyone. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I, I prefer, when it comes down to this kind of situation, Yeah, he said that he was bisexual. Mm. And to me, that's that's the end of that. Sure. You know? Unless, you know, unless, you know, it, there's proof that like he never with anyone ever. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, yeah. but even that can be like, you know, your thoughts or or what have sure. you. But there's, there's, there is a thing sometimes, you know, with bisexuality where people go, yeah, but you're really, and that's a, that's <laughs> kind of a danger zone place sure, to, to sure. go to. So that's why, that's why I'm saying he said it. So I, I buy it mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I put the buy and I buy it. <laughs> fine. That's okay. fine. All right. So anyway, uh, let us know your favorite biopic. There you go.
And do it. How do you do that? You're asking yourself. Wait, I am. Because you've, you've never heard this show before. Hmm. And so I'm going to tell you. So, you know what? Every show is someone's first show. Exactly. Like mine. Every show seems like it's the first time I've done this. Mm. It's true. That's, I want to keep it fresh, everyone. And by keep it fresh, that means I can't remember what I'm doing. That's right. That's the way to keep it fresh. So go to our website. It's called sneakydragon.com. You can go there. You, ah, I think my voice, my, my pronunciation has ended for today. Okay. Then you know what? We're going to take you out. We're going to have you a nice burger or yeah. some pizza or something. Sure. So, and I just won't, I won't talk anymore. But anyway. Oh, how are you going to wrap up the show? Never After the show, I'm going to cease and desist the talking thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, go to the website, sneakydragon.com. There you'll find uh, spaces for your thoughts, feelings, thinkings, <laughs> other stuff. You can uh, write twice. You know what you call that? No. <laughs> Can I hear you, Char? No. So uh, uh, you can also email us. Our email address is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We have a Twitter presence. Mm-hmm. It's called Sneaky Dragon. We're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. And if you'd like to contribute to the ongoing costs of running a podcast, you can go to Patreon and uh, pledge as little as a dollar. And uh, one day, I'm going to figure out how to find out the name of our pa- Patreon patrons on Patreon, and we'll we'll read them out. Right, and I'll make uh, amusing rhymes out of their names. Sounds like a pl- sounds like a pleasure. Sounds like we'll end up with no patrons <laughs> after that. But let's take a chance and we'll do it anyway. So everyone, I hope you have a great week. Mm-hmm. We hope that you'll be listening to us next week. Stay cool if you're in a hot place. Yes. Stay fool if, if you're, you're in, in a, a nerdy place. If you're in a cool place. Cool place. And uh, you know we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Stay loose. Goodbye. Woo! Hooray!